When First Financial Bank opened its doors in 1890, a relationship between a local community bank and a state was born. For more than 130 years, First Financial has grown alongside you, your family, your business, all while putting your goals first. From the ports to the plains, First Financial Bank. Learn more at FFIN.com. First Financial Bank. We're Texas. Member FDIC. So that way, Bill WD-40 could get into the chat room and lube us up for tonight's show. Angela G., thank you for joining us. Sweet Donna Spencer, thank you for coming on in. As we continue on with Roll Call, my brother Eugene, thank you for joining us. Can't wait to meet you in Vegas. Zen 2, Zora, and Vaughn Patrick, thank you so much for that super chat, my friend Vaughn up in Edmonton. And I may be coming to your city here in the next little bit. Mike, there's a concert I want to see there. Ed Clayder, nice to have you here. Stargate Traveler, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, we're going to get going here. If you're new here, do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. It really helps with our algorithms. After the show, leave a a uh, comment so that way we can read it up later on. Thank you, Derek, for that super chat. Very much appreciate your love and support of SOR. We only got a few seconds here. Digger Dog, good to see you. And uh, yeah, we got a great show. Spaced Out Radio Store is open on our website. Hi, Noodles. You can get all your shopping done there. And don't forget about Vegas. Check your ticker down below. Here we go, everyone. Horns up. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It's a power show of UFO tonight as we got a great panel of experts coming on in to talk about UFOs, balloons, disclosure. Has it been good for ufology lately as this subject has hit the mainstream news? Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Tim Senor will be back for the UFO report and we'll probably hit some overtime with Random Guy after the show. All right, let's get right to it because it's been a busy, busy week and a half, two weeks here. And with recent activities around the world regarding drones and balloons, there has been an uptick in UFOs in the state of ufology. We've seen both the American and Canadian government use the term UFO and UAP regarding the sovereignty of North American airspace. However, 
These great ufologists joining us for this program will take a look at the difference between extraterrestrial UFOs and disclosure comparatively to the UAP that are being cited, which are likely man-made craft from home or other regions and countries on the planet. Joining us tonight, we have longtime ufologists and activist Melinda Leslie, podcasters Christina Gomez and Marquise Williams, scientist Dr. Bob McGuire, we call him Science Bob around here, blogger and researcher Danny Silva from The Silver Record, and MUFON's international director Bob Spearing. Let's get right into it, everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. Now, you know what? I don't know really where to start here because there is so much going on within the news and the way it's happened. Danny Silva from The Silver Record, let's start with you here because you are someone who has been covering this topic from from an angle over the last five, six years that has really, really spread great news around around the ufo world when you started seeing all of this happen with the balloons and the ufo talk what was on your mind with that danny i don't know you know i think a lot of people uh we were kind of waiting to see what was going on there was a lot of conflicting reports um the report from cnn had us all a little bit uh i think excited because they were talking about sensors and weird shapes um, then there was the an unprecedented second shootdown at that point. Um, it was just really crazy. It felt like it was everything was moving really, really fast. Then we had two more shootdowns, total of four. Um, so I was just waiting for these reports. I, the uh, I feel like the UFO community specifically, we would have we were already going crazy with it, but we would have really went crazy if people like Elizondo and George Knapp and others weren't telling us to kind of hold our horses a little bit. Very true. And Melinda Leslie, we bring you in here, you know, because over the last couple of weeks, we have seen, you know, everything called a UFO. You see a bird in the sky now. It's a UFO. You know, nobody seems to know what's flying in the sky when really outside of these strange balloons and drones, nothing has really changed. Me okay, because I realize that. Yeah, we, we got sound- you, Melinda. Let's- yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Okay, great. So glad to know. Um, yeah, no, it's. Um, you know, is it's just it's just kind of crazy. Um, the way the whole UFO field handled this, you know, like you just said, Dave, very well put. Nothing changed, you know. Um, n- nothing's different than before. My internet. You're you're fine. Hang Melinda. on, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, we internet got you, Melinda. Just keep talking here. Um, sorry about that. That's just. Center for New Age Problem. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we got you. Just keep talking. Can you hear me? All right. Well, we'll get back to Melinda because apparently she can't hear us. Bob Spearing from MUFONS International, you have been watching the events over Canada and the United States ever so closely with what is going on. And you guys with MUFON take thousands of reports each year regarding people who see unidentified aerial phenomena in the sky. I mean, has there been an uptick in so-called UFO sightings since this has gone on? Yes, and with MUFON, it, you really can't standardize what's going on because we just were on a, an Ancient Aliens episode, and then a lot of people started reporting things to us. The balloon thing happened, and we started getting a lot of reports. So for the past three months, uh, the sightings uh, metrics have been very, very skewed uh, compared to the, the normal flow for this time of the year. Uh, the approach we took 
was to have uh, several of our photo analysts and uh, some of our uh, international people go through uh, all of the cases for the last three years to see if there was any sort of balloon activity. We found almost 500 cases, many of them with videos of white weather balloon type objects. And the question is, how many of them are, say, Chinese espionage balloons compared to ordinary hobbyists balloons and weather balloons? And that's going to take a while to sort out. Uh, very, very true. Very true. Christina Gomez, let's get you in here for your first comment of the night. You know, you are somebody who has worked closely with many of the people behind the scenes regarding this topic. And when I say behind the scenes, you people uh, who have been playing this whole disclosure movement very well. And And when you look at everything that's gone on in the last two weeks, has it been good for ufology to see the, this amount of coverage by the mainstream media? With what's going on and the news covering these stories, it's allowing more people to have that curiosity and to look up to the skies. Now, the initial balloon story didn't really grab my attention. I, I kept an eye out on the news outlets, but when it kept getting like onto the first page of headlines and the talk of it being from China, I kind of just chalked it up to more war drums. I mean, because we're in an unprecedented global crisis right now with so many fuses ready to be lit for war between superpowers. So it's it's really quite scary. But we are being kind of desensitized, I think, because of the daily doom and gloom. So I put the initial balloon story into the gray basket. But after it was shot down, then suddenly there seemed like there there were objects everywhere daily right so and now it's quiet once again so we had two weeks of intense news and then we haven't really gotten anything since it's very true i mean has the media dropped the ball on that christina just because it's it's now considered old news as we know when it comes to the news media it's cyclical Right. They're going to talk about the things that are trending at that moment. And then they're going to find another topic that is gaining that audience's attention. So with with the news and it covering these three or four objects that were shot down and now we're not getting anything. Is it because we're not seeing any more of these objects or is it because... It's it's old news because we, we're aware that Friday and weekend news cycles are always spectacular for such headlines regarding UFOs. But now that we're into the week, maybe it's a different story altogether. Right. So when it comes to like Friday and the weekends, we've seen this often. That's kind of also when we got our uh, previous um, UFO stories and previous reports. It happens during the weekend. Very true, very true. Marquise Williams, we bring you in here from SOR's After Hours a YouTube show. And uh, welcome to the panel, my friend. And, you know, for you, as somebody who is looking upon this subject and has been covering this greatly for us uh, at SOR here on our weekend YouTube show, I mean, what has been the reaction from people? Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Baby on the way? Do you find yourself thinking a lot about your family's future and ways you can plan for your family's future help? 
You should look into cord blood banking with Viacord for your newborn. Visit Viacord.com. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com to learn all about the benefits of saving your baby's cord blood for your family. Cord blood banking is a great way to start your family's future health care planning. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com. ...that you have seen regarding this topic. Are they thinking it's alien? Are they thinking it's ours? Are they thinking it's some adversary out there? It's a great question. So a lot of the people that I talk to are not familiar with the UFO field. They're not familiar with the cases. They're not familiar with Project Blue Book. They don't know about Roswell. They've heard about it. They kind of have a general idea that there was a, they think they, they kind of accept the idea that there was a weather balloon, although that's not the case. If you look at the facts of the, of that situation. Um, so those people, the people that are not involved in this field, they're, they're sending me a lot of things. They're starting to become more curious about this. They're starting to send me videos of actual sightings themselves, things that they think are UAP or UFOs. They're starting to, to send me articles about UFOs within our state, within our very own state. Um, and it's really strange because to me, I've been saying this stuff for so long. Um, now that I'm involved in the field, I thought people would talk to me in my personal life, but they didn't. But now that this balloon gate thing's happening, everybody's messaging me talking about this situation and providing their own take on what they believe, not what these things are, because they think they're just balloons or what they're just, you know, something that's mundane or benign, as has been said. But they're interested in the, the, the possibility of extraterrestrial life. Very so, true. It's pretty we, interesting. We bring in Science Bob here, Dr. Bob McGuire, former CIA, former uh, professor at Virginia Tech University, to come on in here. Science Bob, you know, you know, there has been a lot of talk on the inside and outside about what these these are, and there has been great debate uh, when you have people standing up at the podium in Washington D.C. saying we we're not sure whether or not this is alien technology or not. I mean, is this all part of the the spy game that is going on? Because we all believe these uh, objects did seem to come from China. Um, so I don't. I don't think they actually believe they all come from China. So we know what happened uh, is, is what I, th- I think I, I want to be able to say, given uh, pe- things that I've been told. So we found this balloon from China and a lot of heck was raised by politicians and other people about not detecting that Chinese balloon earlier. And so uh, then they began to wonder what it was we might be missing because they barely had a detection. And we know from statements they made that during the Trump administration, three of those balloons got through without being detected, or if they were detected, they were ignored. Okay, so they turned up the volume on the radar radio, and they opened the filters wider to say, don't reject things that look like this. They opened it up to let more things through, even though they didn't fit the profile of a fighter jet or a bomber or these other things. Because remember, these balloons, they're slow moving and they're used to detecting things with high Doppler, et cetera, because they're fast moving airplanes. So they opened up the aperture and boom, they got scientific weather balloon. They got scientific balloons. I have this friend. His name is Bill Brown. He lives in Huntsville, Alabama, and he's an amateur radio operator. And he invented the Pico Tracker that they claim the thing over here, uh, Lake Huron was a Pico Tracker. Dude, that's a Mylar balloon with a package hanging below it that beacons out where it's located. And guess what? You can go to the database 
and look at the one of those weather balloons, one of those Pico trackers go up over Lake Huron and bink, disappear. So uh, I, I think we probably do have a bunch of these kind of in, these smaller balloons that got detected. On the other hand, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, you could say they opened up an aperture and they found a bunch of junk so they could eat up a couple of news cycles and bore the news people. And then later on, when they wanted, when they had something that was more real, they closed the aperture after they trained it to look more for things that looked like UFOs or UFPs or whatever. And now everybody will be bored because they'll think it's just balloons. I mean, there are several different ways of looking at this. And I, I felt very dissatisfied with the whole week. All right, we bring in Melinda Leslie here. Hopefully, looks like we got a better connection with yeah. you, Melinda. Uh, let's let's talk yes. about balloons. Are you tired of hearing about balloons already? Yes, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, look, I think um, I, I think the thing to talk about here is the way ufology has addressed this, and um, and. I'm a little bit disappointed because to me, from the get-go, these were all either balloons or drones. Uh, I was getting a lot of information from multiple sources about, you know, the possibility of both or maybe a combination. Um, it, 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 like like uh, Bob was saying, maybe we it, there was a Pico balloon, you know, uh, there brought down. Um, I would like to think that these highly trained pilots, when they get – up near these things know what they're looking at um i found it questionable that it was remaining an, an unknown um but yeah i'm i'm kind of tired of the story so why so then why do this panel because i think there is something to be discussed here in ufology for the way ufology has handled this and i know i'm i'm fairly certain all of you agree with me um because it I think all the people who went right away, oh, it's UFOs, or, you know, you had, I don't know, I just felt like it was disappointing, and, and, and to me, yes, it, it was balloons or known things all along, to me, that was an issue, I was in that Camp. I know Dave, you and I spoke about it. I think we were in agreement, and uh, and Bob and I and stuff. You know, I think these were known things, and um, and then you go to well, you know, first off, I'm disappointed in the part of ufology that went right to the UFO thing because I'm like, okay, the evidence was that you know that this was known stuff. I, I'm kind of in the camp of of I don't believe that a real UFO would allow itself to be. Um, First off, there's a consciousness connection that was pr- proven over and over again in my tours and even in my tour I had tonight. But I'm just bringing that up because you go, okay, I think the ETs know the intent and and, and aren't going to stick around and l- let themselves be shot. I also think they probably involve technology that can evade that. Um, I, I don't know that for certain other than I think just, you know, regular Sidewinder missiles aren't going to be something that would bring them down. So then I'm like, okay, I think these are known things being brought down easily by Sidewinders. And I'm kind of disappointed that ufology made a big deal out of it. You know, anyone that did, I'm like, come on, on what evidence, you know, I believe me, I'm the, I'm the first to go. Yeah, there's real sightings. We see stuff every night on my tours. I mean, but not everything is a UFO, you know, and in this case, um, 
I think the... I think we had to react and shoot stuff down once there was the one from China because it was made to look like the White House but wasn't responding. You know, I get maybe why they reacted that way. And I, I see someone shaking their head, so I'm interested in his – I guess that was – Marquis, is that you? You know, I feel like they're – I want to know. not you. Uh, I'm sorry. The Chinese spy balloon has got me in – I'm just laughing internally. I apologize oh, yeah. and express oh. myself that way. Oh, okay. So you're laughing with me, not against me. Yeah, okay. Because I was going to say, wait, I'm, I'm open to – No, no, no. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, the yeah. Chinese spy balloon said keep his name out of your mouth. I thought that was hilarious. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think at this point it's just, you know um, – Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. So um, so I think at this point, it's just like, hey, ufology, think twice before you respond. Not everything's a UFO, um, and that we need to be very level-headed about it. And, uh, and, and I don't think anything's really changed. Now, on the upside, what I think we got out of this is senators and congressmen were called into a briefing. And that briefing was about this, but it was also apparently an arrow. And I don't know, Bob, you tell me, or Dave, or anyone else here, if you're, you know, Danny, if you know, or even Christine, if you know. Uh, I think that there's um, a, a portion of that was was arrow uh, being able, and whether that was Kirkpatrick or someone else, or Kirkpatrick and others, but the part of that part of that classified briefing involved them. I think that's a good sign. Yes, I think Biden got up and spoke in reaction to the all the Republican senators and congressmen saying the president's got to respond because, of course, they turned into something political because, of course, they do. You know, so do the Democrats. I'm not saying it's one or the other. And thank God this is a bipartisan issue. But, you know, it kind of forced Biden to have to say something. OK, I get it. And, and yes, the American people did deserve a right to hear something. But there was a term that I found very interesting that I heard multiple senators and congressmen say, like all of them said this, and then Biden got up and said it multiple times. And I don't know if you guys caught this, and that was unidentified aerial object. And yeah, I'm I also like, heard what? unidentified object. They said also unidentified, unidentified objects. Object. Okay, yeah. But unidentified aerial object, okay, what, we got a new name? Okay, we had UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena. We had UAP, unidentified... Uh, anomalous. Uh, anomalous, anomalous, phenomena. Yeah. They, yeah, anomalous phenomena, and and now they're bantering, or at least saying repeated, unidentified aerial object. What's that, you guys? A new, a new classification, AEO. <laughs> you know, as a as opposed to, or a, a, I'm sorry, un, UA. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> I said that wrong. U uh, UAO. Unidentified aerial objects. So we have a UAO, we had UAP, now we have UAO. And that struck me as that happened after everyone came out of that briefing. So I don't know if anyone here knows any more about that or can, I mean, I. Baby on the way? Do you find yourself thinking a lot about your family's future and ways you can plan for your family's future help? You should look into cord blood banking with Viacord for your newborn. Visit Viacord.com. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com to learn all about the benefits of saving your baby's cord blood for your family. Cord blood banking is a great way to start your family's future health care planning. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
protect your engine with Syntec Full Synthetic Motor Oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec is designed for today's engines to dissipate heat and reduce friction at wear. Get five quarts of Syntec Full Synthetic and a MicroGuard Select oil filter for just $33.99, plus two times O Rewards points. Choose Syntec, available exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. just was that sent up a red flag it's like we have a new term and it's not the fact that the term is new that's important it's like why call unidentified going back to aerial away from anomalous going back to aerial and calling it an object and and yet everybody's saying it after that meeting and then biden saying it too i'm like that just struck me as i and and this is clearly i think we all don't miss the point this is clearly a response to yes, like Bob said, they're increasing the signal, they're getting these other things. And that is because of the work of Lou and Chris, you know, uh, Elizondo and Mellon, and, and, and the NDAA requesting this, and Senate and Congress saying we want this. And clearly, the senators and congressmen coming out of that briefing were unhappy. Absolutely. They, they came out saying we're being lied to. You guys, that's a good sign that they're unhappy. They know they're being lied to. Biden was clear he's not getting it to where he has set up a whole nother department under his what? Uh, who's it under you guys? Executive branch. The executive branch, but under his. I'm just trying to add. I don't know. I'm, re, I'm asking you to re, refresh my memory, Bob, if you know. Run, you run, it'll be run out of the National Security Council. Yeah. But so so Biden knows the DOD is not giving them the facts. That's a good sign. So I took the new name as a good sign. I took the fact that Kirkpatrick and people were involved in that hearing as a good sign. I took the senators and the congressmen coming away very dissatisfied. That's a good sign. Okay. I was a little disappointed. I don't know if anyone else saw this with the stuff Chris Mellon was posting saying, oh, yes, this is good because now they're searching for other stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I responded to him saying, gee, I think we'd all feel a little more comfortable if you also said that this is good for um, transparency, you know, towards UFOs. So he says it's good for all these other reasons to be transparent. And I thought it was a missed opportunity, considering he's posting that on Twitter to us, you know, to not then state the obvious that therefore it's good transparency. So, but so again, the positive takeaways in all this is the fact that there was that briefing, the fact that they came up with this new term, the fact that the president started a, an oversight thing because he knows he's not getting the facts from the DOD, and all the senators and congressmen coming out of there dissatisfied. I think this is all a good sign for us that there's movement forward. And and a desire by these folks to really know. That's how I saw that. Melinda, I gotta okay, cu- I gotta I cut you off right there because we are yeah. gonna go to break here. We have a great panel. Stephen Bassett from the Paradigm Research Group has just joined the panel. We are going to get into way more about the UFOs, balloons, the political side of everything when we return on Spaced Out Radio for the second half hour. Stay tuned. A power show of UFOs continues tonight. Yes. Perfect. Sorry, Dave. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, so sorry. I didn't know if I was still on mic. Sorry I went on so long. I was trying to get to my final point, and it just took me too long to get there. Melinda, we know know you. We're all used to it. We love you, though. Hi, Steve. 
Well, I'm going to try to be more concise. I promised myself beforehand I wouldn't do that, so thank you. Yes, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Danny, your beard is looking fantastic over there, by the way. Uh, Thank you. I'm doing something a little bit different recently. So, well, I had to. I had to compete. I actually trimmed mine up today because I knew you were. No, I, I did as well. Just. <laughs> I, I, I had a nice haircut today. It was, oh, wow. it was so good. Wow. And Marquise, you you put yeah. us all to shame. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, thank you, thank you. I take pride in this. Dave, you have a you got beard content. It's like your go to content, man. It's like it works always, always. <laughs> my, I feel like my lights in my office are too bright. I, you know, all all you guys more in shadow are looking a little better. I'm like, oh man, I'm kind of, kind of. Oh, but well, that's right. It is what. What it about is. Uh, what about Christina's fan base in here asking for waves? I know, I know. Yeah, but she was like, <laughs> they 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 like the beard. <laughs> it's the beard game that's what it is yes that's what it is like, like when you're thinking that's like the best part <laughs> i do it all the time i gotta stop doing that i wonder if people notice it because i'm always like <laughs> but it looks cool I, i'm glad to know that at least it doesn't look weird i, I do it all the time i can't help i it. i am yeah, on my after when, when it starts up here in a little bit i will be on my seventh day straight of snow wow, so, oh, wow. i'm jelly yeah seven days do you make snowmen uh, I could, I could, I, I got a lot of snow, a lot of snow, and, a lot of snow. Yeah, we're about to get some here in Sedona, but you know, it, it'll be all of maybe two inches <laughs> on Wednesday. It's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be seventy one degrees here Thursday. We haven't had more than a dusting. Well, it's fifty yeah. degrees here, so well, and and here in Sedona, and I'm in we, Maryland. Where, where's Sedona, everybody else at? I'm in Sedona. But here in Sedona, we usually get very little snow. Like some years we don't get any. May we get one dusting. This is like our seventh dusting this year, which oh is my. crazy. We, How do you do it? How do you survive? I, well, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying it's weird for us to get that because we normally don't at all. That's very weird for us. This has been the cloudiest. Hey, it's freaking <laughs> havoc on my freaking tours. I can't do any tours because it's too cloudy every night. You know, we have a monsoon season. This is just, this is killing me This because we're cloudy every night. Now, luckily, I had one tonight, but last night was too cloudy. Yes. Well, I, but that's well, just weird for us. We normally don't get any. So it, it's very it, weird. it is weird. It is weird, you know, because I just don't know how you guys fathom it down there. Well, you know, a couple sprinkles <laughs> here, here now, every now and again, you know. I grew up in Tucson, and they got some snow recently, too. It's very, really rare. Yeah. Honestly, it blows me away when I hear snow in Arizona and Texas. That just and yeah, even right. even Vegas, even Vegas. Well, get it. Arizona's I'm thirty the minutes from Flagstaff. Flagstaff has mm-hmm. snow bowl. They have skiing yeah. half the year, you know. So yeah, we we have snow. High yeah. desert. We're mountains. Yeah, Tucson doesn't get snow though. Bob Spearian, are you in Arizona? I see that Arizona. No, okay. no, I am. Uh, I am in uh, the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and usually oh, we nice. get we get Canadian type snow up here and this year it's been like 50 degrees for weeks all right i've never seen so little snow in in the poconos of pennsylvania i, I made up for it by driving to snowpocalypse in buffalo where my son lives just missed the snowpocalypse we're oh, just man. out of it yep yep yeah we could get another four or five feet of snow and they still wouldn't cancel school here <laughs> no yeah. They only cancel school here when it is minus 35 Fahrenheit when the buses don't run. What? What is 
They won't cancel. They, no, they, no. They, they send won't, the they kids to school. They won't crank. Send the little bastards to school and let them freeze, <laughs> and that's okay. At least they're getting an education. Uh, give me one second here, guys. Uh, hi, hi, Timmy. 30 minutes away from me got five feet of snow. Nice. Uh, hello there, Ozzy Ozzy. Oi, oi to you. And uh, I just want to quickly mention that you can meet Melinda Leslie, myself, Science Bob McGuire, and many more at our Las Vegas event coming May 19th through 21st, 2023 at the Golden Nugget. Everyone's invited. All you got to do is show up. See the ticker below where it says info at spacedoutradio.com. You can get your tickets there. And uh, cut off for the VIP tickets is April 1st. Steve Bassett, can you hear us okay? If you can, give us a thumbs up. I believe I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. You, you're looking beautiful, Steve. Beautiful as ever. And uh, all right. And don't forget UFOCon 2023 in San Francisco. I will be there, same as Melinda and Science Bob, for UFO2023.com. Uh, Get your tickets there for March 17th through 19th. We'll see you in four weeks there. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It's a giant panel of ufology's most brilliant minds tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We are joined by podcasters Christina Gomez and Marquise Williams, Science Bob McGuire, we have from MUFON, Bob Spearing, uh, from The Silver Record, Danny Silva, researcher, experiencer, Melinda Leslie, and from the Paradigm Research Group, we have Stephen Bassett, who has joined us now. And, Steve, I'm going to start with you on this one, if you don't mind, because, you know, the political world kind of went up in the air all across North America about these sightings and what to do about them. And when we saw President Biden the other day kind of play it down, saying this wasn't the Chinese government, we believe these were Chinese businesses, was this just a deflection, Steve, of trying to make sure that there was no political tension going around about potential UAP over North America? Steve, I'll get you to unmute, unmute your microphone there, if you don't mind. Sorry, now I got it. David, sorry, to, uh, let me apologize. I I uh, picked up a uh, RSV at the Conscious Life Expo. That's okay. It's not COVID, I've been tested, but it's RSV and it's a bad one, and I haven't slept for days. Baby on the way? Do you find yourself thinking a lot about your family's future and ways you can plan for your family's future help? You should look into cord blood banking with Viacord for your newborn. Visit Viacord.com. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com to learn all about the benefits of saving your baby's cord blood for your family. Cord blood banking is a great way to start your family's future health care planning. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com. Is your new year still falling flat? 
Do you avoid stairs with multiple steps? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy or low E. But Planet Fitness has the cure. With clean, spacious clubs and tons of equipment, you can boost your energy after one workout. Leave low E behind and find your big fitness energy at Planet Fitness. Join in the free PF app for zero enrollment, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal ends February 24th. See Home Club for details. And I hadn't slept for weeks prior to that, so I'm, I'm not in good shape tonight, okay? Um, but I'll do my best. That's all uh, I ask. Look, how can I put this? I encourage people as much as possible not to react to every single thing that happens in the sense that, ooh, that happened. You must understand this. Or that happened. Or it must mean this and whatever. Because it's going to drive you absolutely crazy. All right. What is going on now is macroscopic. We are in the last days of the truth embargo. We're headed towards something big. I know what I want. I'm not sure what may turn up. Okay. Uh, But if we get the hearings that are practically being put together now, uh, then... uh, Things could move forward, but there's no way to know what's going to happen. It's chaotic. Now, do I find it odd that a a Chinese surveillance balloon, which flies over a goddamn country all the time at 80,000 feet? We know it. We've known all of that for years. Okay. Uh, Suddenly becomes a big deal. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So that happens. The press jumps in big, huge. Why? Because of all of the work that all of you have done for decades and decades and decades, pushing this issue into the media, challenging the government, forcing the action to end this goddamn truth embargo, which is 75 years on. It is a lie. And when governments lie, people die. Like one of my colleagues who just killed himself two days ago. As you can see, I'm not in a good mood, right? So the reason they did is because everybody's looking at the sky. Everybody's looking for everything. The media is all over this. The skeptics have left the room. The debunkers are gone. The few that open their mouth get savaged on the internet. So now it's happening. So a balloon turns up and boom. Well, the problem for the government was that, well, apparently this balloon got a little low. Maybe should have been 80,000 feet, came down, got seen, got in play. Maybe got called in by a pilot or something. And the next thing you know, it's in play. It's on. It's in the news. Now, if you're the government and suddenly a Chinese surveillance balloon, which is standard operating procedure, we spy on each other endlessly with balloons and everything else you can imagine, is suddenly turning up on the news, you have a public relations uh, and a diplomatic problem. <laughs> So what they did was they allowed it to just float by and just kept floating and floating, hoping that it would sail out to sea and all of this would just blow away. Unfortunately, the Chinese made a mistake and said, weather balloon? I mean, surveillance balloon? It's just a weather balloon. It's only a weather balloon. And I can assure you, the irony of that was not lost on me one bit. All right. And so the gov- that irritated the DOD and probably the White House. All right, please, they were saying to themselves, 
Are you kidding me? You're trying to say that that's a weather balloon? We know what a weather balloon looks like. And they finally made the decision, we're going to shoot it down. Because otherwise, what is the American people going to say to them? You just let it sail by? You didn't shoot it down? So they shot it down. No problem there. But all of the focus on it, same thing. It's like people, oh, weather balloon. What does that mean? Is it a Venusian? Does it come from Mars? Is it a time-traveling weather balloon? Whatever the hell. No, it's a weather balloon. But then, all of a sudden, three more objects somehow get in play. And they're not balloons. They're fixed body. And when I say get in play, I think we all on this panel know that fixed body craft are flying in our space all the time. Okay? And they're being reported all the time to Nufor and MUFON and now even into Aero, right? They're up there all the time. And so uh, some fixed body craft suddenly become a deal. Really? One of the reasons was they were traveling so slow. <laughs> slow. If they were traveling at 7,000, 18,000 miles an hour, they'd be gone. But they're traveling slow and they get picked up. It's kind of a news thing. It becomes a thing. It's in the news. And now the government has got a Chinese balloon they had to shoot down. Now they've got slow flying fixed craft over the United States. This is not good diplomacy. This is this is a national security issue. What in the hell do you do with these? I mean, do you just let them keep on going and say, well, uh, you know, they weren't harming anything. We just won't fly up there. Well, in the age of Arrow and two years of legislation and thousands and thousands of articles upon the formation of these organ uh, of the Arrow uh, group, the across agency group, and the fact that we're really paying attention now, if you just ignore them, that looks a little strange. In other words, these events have put the United States government in a real tight box overnight. And as I watch the press briefing after press briefing from the White House and the DOD, it was obvious they didn't know what the hell to do. They were confused. They were off, off signal, off message, rather. They said stupid things like, we may never find the wreckage. We found the Titanic. All right. And so I'm thinking, all right, they didn't plan this. This is no false flag nonsense. This is they got surprised. And they had a tough decision. What do you do with three slow-flying objects that have no means of propulsion? You have to shoot them down. And so they shoot them down. And then the stuff starts all over again. What are they? Where do they come from? And all this speculation. False flags set up this, that, and the conspiracy people go nuts. Again, I don't, I don't you know, criticize people that get intense about this or, or go nuts. I'm simply saying for those of us who can maintain their composure, don't just go flying off the handle with every little thing that happened. Okay, so they shoot the damn things down. And I noted that. I'm going, well, that's new. In fact, that's never happened in my lifetime. The government even admitted that. We've never shot down anything over American soil, American airspace, since the Ocean Islands of 1942. And I'm thinking, hmm. And then the next thing I learned is they shot them down with Sidewinder missiles. Sidewinder missiles? You have three objects moving slowly, but without any means of propulsion. 
which means that there's some pretty damn interesting tech in there that probably you'd like to examine if you choose to shoot it down. You don't blow it up with a Sidewinder missile. You shoot it down with a few cannon fire. It takes 10, five. It takes 100, who cares? Those bullets are $10 a piece. The Sidewinder is a million bucks. But most importantly, it's blowing the thing up. It's damaging it. It means the tech is going to be much harder to discern, but they do that. And then the, the wreckage falls to the ground, and they know where it is. Ice shelf in Prudhoe, deep in the Yukon forest. And Yake, Lake Huron, one of the lesser lakes. Okay, now what? They've got wreckage on the ground. It's been damaged. that It shouldn't be, but whatever. It could have either advanced Chinese tech or it could have ET tech. Okay? It doesn't have... Radio Shack nerd tech, I can tell you that. And so now what do you do? Well, first of all, you hope that all the freelance guys are not out there in snow, no snow, uh, one of those things, cruising through the Yukon forest trying to get to it, or skating out on the ice in Prudhoe trying to get to it, or I don't know, jumping into the, you got to get there, you got to get it. The thing is, what do you do when you get it? Under these circumstances now, with the politics that we see, with the coverage that we see, do you think they could just get that wreckage and go, wow, we got the wreckage, but we can't tell you anything about it. It's classified. No. And so it's best that they don't find it. You got except, that right. of course, they want to find it. Are you following me here? Steve, I, think, I think they found it. I, I, you know, I know the one in, in Canadian airspace. Uh, they had a CP one forty Aurora, which is the U.S. Uh, Canadian equivalent of the U.S. P three Orion. But Steve, I want you to continue here momentarily. But I want to get, I want to get uh, Danny in here for a moment because Steve has said a lot about the, you know, the. But what's happened here, Danny, and and the way that the media jumped on this, the way that that uh, the word UFO was kind of played in through all of this. I mean, it really wasn't fair for a lot of the people who've been researching this for a while, the way it was kind of brought about, Danny. I felt the obviously the the first balloon was a balloon. Uh, You know, there was all this video of it. It was a shoot down. It was a huge spectacle. So. That was uh, why I think, you know, there was so much coverage at first, of course. The other stories, I felt like they were pretty mysterious, actually. And I understand why people were not sure about what was going on. And even some people, I understand why they were considering the UFO thing. I mean, the CNN uh, report at first was saying that there was sensor jamming, which doesn't mean it's a UFO. Um, Then we heard the cockpit audio um, that came out. The pilots were pretty close to it. They couldn't identify it. Um, they were saying uh, it was small. One of them was an octagon. I mean, these are all weird UFO-like situations. And that's why I was saying earlier that if we didn't have Elizondo and George Knapp and other people to tell us to hold our horses, I think people would have even went farther. But, of course, you know, you know UFO communities are a lot of different people with a lot of different opinions, and we can't control them. I did really find um, interesting a lot of Tyler. Baby on the way? Do you find yourself thinking a lot about your family's future and ways you can plan for your family's future health? You should look into cord blood banking with Viacord for your newborn. Visit Viacord.com. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com to learn all about the benefits of saving your baby's cord blood for your family. Cord blood banking is a great way to start your family's future health care planning. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com.
This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy, but Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for zero enrollment, $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal ends February 24th. See Home Club for details. The Rogueways articles, and I was able to speak to with him as well, and he outlined a lot of the reasons why it is so hard to uh, find some of this wreckage, and there is a lot of obstacles for that. So I'm really not trying, I'm not trying to assume anything with this kind of thing. I don't know what's going on, but just from a defense standpoint and a recovery standpoint, Rogaway, you know, he's a genius on that kind of thing. And some of this stuff, it could, there is a lot of obstacles to getting it, especially if it lands on water, they're blowing it up with those missiles at high altitude, it blows around if there's even anything left to recover. Um, it's rugged terrain, you know, so I don't know if they found it or not. I don't want to assume that they did personally. Um, because it does seem like, seem like a really large task. And I'm, I'm just really happy, though, because this was huge um, press. And it was bigger press than ATIP, as far as I'm concerned, 2017. You know, Biden even had to speak about it. So for that, at least that one week, it felt big. Even if it wasn't UFOs, I feel like there has been a huge wave, just noticing from social media, the interest in social media. There's tons of people on quote-unquote UFO Twitter right now that I've never seen before. And so there's a lot more people interested in the subject. So I think that's a positive, um, you know, and maybe they'll start getting uh, more interested from the long term as well. Two things I want to quickly mention to the panel and and uh, our good friend, random guy, who's kind of our military specialist around here. uh, He said that the AIM-9 missile was called an AIM-9X missile, which they could control the amount of explosion that happened which could take out the balloon but not hurt the hurt the object that was falling. And and the one that fell into the Yukon, uh, there will be no video of that unless we get the pilot's video because, you know, I want to remind people out there, my audience has probably heard this before, but the Yukon Territory, it, it has 45,000 people in a territory the size of Texas. Texas has 40 million people. And 25,000 of those live in the southern capital, which is by the British Columbia border, which is Whitehorse, and 25,000. So unless a moose or a muskox or a polar bear had a camera, we're not getting that video footage. Christina, let's bring you in here quickly about this because, you know, Steve brings up some very great points about, you know, that the ideology behind the whole idea that this is ufo or potentially alien were we being played steve and danny both bring up really fantastic points and i'm always looking for interesting news headlines that allude to or report on ufos and in the cases of this recent surge of shootdowns of unidentified objects the principal reason for me is to get the conversation started on campus and being in college gives me the opportunity to talk to peers about what's happening in the news and i've asked a bunch of people over the last week to two weeks about the balloon and shootdowns and where the term ufo has been used in the news and for a lot of those whom I whom I speak to, they don't find the news to be of any significance. I mean, to their lives, like they don't they don't really care. And it's that's pretty much across the board with my generation. And at least 
outside of the UFO community. It's not relevant in their world. Now, I did ask a bunch of other students during those conversations if they thought that balloons were responsible for UFO sightings over the years. And actually, the majority said no. In fact, the majority of people my age said that they do believe there has been a UFO cover-up. And that leads me back to the other conversation where the most part, young people today are very open to the possibility of life out there in the universe and that they could be visiting us for maybe it, it for many it's it's the logical choice of opinion and i mean we can use these reports and sensational sensational headlines as great conversation starters for getting a focus on the actual ufo mystery so if there's a narrative behind the balloon shootdowns and it having to do with ridiculing the entire ufo topic i don't think it's worked well at all at least for people my age and I really want to emphasize that because the generations and the mentality on UFOs has changed consistently from one generation to the next. Now with the Biden administration, it got criticized for allowing the original Chinese balloon to cross the entire United States only to get shot down off the coast of South Carolina. So maybe all of these balloon shoot downs were just a way possibly to counter the criticism. So there, there's still so many unanswered questions, but in the end, maybe, maybe there is no narrative. Maybe on the surface, it's all shenanigans and PR efforts. The thing is that we don't know for sure. All we can do is speculate. But overall, the story doesn't add up. And it seems that nobody really understands completely what's going on. Hence, all the unanswered questions. Very true. Bob Spearing from MUFON. Let's get you in here because the political aspect of everything has affected everybody from MUFON to all the other groups like Galileo, UAPX, everybody out there. How have you guys had to kind of find this situation and and kind of build around this to the news that even though this is political, it's brought a, a whole new light into what ufology is? Well, I mean, the bottom line, MUFON's been criticized to some extent for cooperating with the government, as as they like to say in the news. But uh, basically, we're cooperating with Congress, giving reports to Congress, as opposed to the DOD, which some other organizations are giving reports to. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about the Lake Huron incident in particular is it, I find it amazing that it took uh, two missiles to take down a balloon, if that's what it was. Uh, I agree that, that they're never going to admit they found it especially if it was a balloon, because that would be very embarrassing to spend a half-million-dollar missile to shoot down a balloon and miss, you know, once and have to hit it again. But the, the most interesting aspect of the thing over Lake Huron was its shape. It was an octagon, okay? And so what MUFON did was we went into our database and we looked up octagon-shaped objects that people have reported. And there were quite a few. And what was interesting about them is that they were fairly consistent in size at 60 feet in diameter with uh, varying uh, patterns of orange and yellow lights on the bottom. And they had a tendency to like to hover over people's cars. One of them in particular was found was seat was reported near stony plain which is a town west of edmonton in canada and what's interesting about that report is that 15 miles west of stony plain 
we had another incident uh, at, a, at a location called Haas Lake, where we had one of these fast movers that a drone actually filmed coming out of a remote forest uh, in the middle of nowhere, that when we analyzed the film, it was moving at Mach 7. Okay, and it was about this big with no visible means of propulsion. So I absolutely agree that the three other objects that were downed by military fighter jets may not have been Chinese balloons at all. They may have, but I think that they may not have been also. Science Bob, we got three minutes. Okay, so uh, several things. Um, If you listen to politicians, you know, they probably jumped up and down and raised heck. Uh, and want to know answers. And then you had Kennedy from Louisiana come out of a meeting with a briefing. And he says, man, you better lock your door tonight. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was he really got scared by what he heard inside this briefing. So who knows what that means? I'm just telling you, Kennedy came out and he was like shaking. That's number one. Number two, they, I know from watching flight tracking and other things where they where they fly over the U.S. and Canada, they 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 broadcast where they're going, and they have other transmitters which are easy to follow by by aviation and amateur radio enthusiasts. And they sent F-22s, tankers, and AWACS up to a balloon north of, of Alaska where there's military bases with the entire uh, North American NORAD radar line? No, they did not send millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of equipment and millions of dollars expenditure for a balloon north of Alaska. The thing over Lake Huron, uh, they, you could go listen to Chris, Chris Lato's YouTube where he played the entire cockpit audio between the two jets that went and shot down the thing over Lake Huron. And there were, he, there were interesting things that were said. I don't think we heard a size estimate, but anyway, it was, it was interesting. And uh, I just, um, uh, I wish, I wish we could wish they would come to answers a little more quickly and tell us a little more. Well, I don't think, Marquise, as we got about a minute to go here, I don't think that, you know, the idea that these government officials were coming out saying extraterrestrials and aliens, I mean, we can't rule that out. They could have ruled that out on day one with their fighter pilot debriefings. And with one minute to go, your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I've tried to 60 seconds this, but I think it's odd that if these objects were anything that were other than benign or as he said, it was a corporate, in, you know, corporate technology or private technology or something like that. Um, I think it would make more sense because, as we've seen over the over the decades, um, you ate true UFOs are not they're elusive. They're not always just they don't allow themselves to just be shot down. I can't imagine that this object, any one of them, no matter how oddly shaped they were, especially the one that was an octagon, it had strings hanging below it, which is kind of indicative of a piece of technology that's used for surveillance of some kind, whether it be weather weather you know checking the weather or whatever or actual surveillance um so i'm kind of thinking that again these things are just they're probably not that fantastic in my opinion and on that note we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour we're going to continue with our panel from paradigm research group Stephen bassett researcher melinda leslie science bob mcguire podcasters christina gomez marquise williams from the silver record Danny Silva, and from MUFON, Bob Spearing. I am your host, Dave Scott. we got a power panel talking UFOs, balloons. Where do we go from here? 
does this hurt the image of ufology? We will be right back on Spaced Out Radio right after this. Stay tuned. Hour number two is next. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of upset, especially with all the military reporters, that not one of them ask about gun camera video. Every time those missiles are shot, there's gun there was, camera video. There was one person, there was a press conference given to Kirby, and they asked him about releasing the gun camera f- footage. And um, he said, you'll have to ask the DOD about that. So and they they were kind of frustrated with the response because it's like, hey, come on, like. Well, Kirby's a White House spokesman, and he's not going to speak for the DOD. Right, right. Of course. Yeah, they asked the general about that also, and then the spokesperson kind of said uh, during the um, that first one that was during the Super Bowl, that that yeah. uh, that press conference, and they kind of uh, just said maybe. Now I took the Kennedy comment to lock your doors because that's uh, someone on Twitter. They looked up all the times where he said that, and I guess he says that kind of often. So I, I took that. Of, as him being kind of like facetious as like one of his. Yeah. Go-to. Oh, I see. He may, maybe, he, maybe he trolling? was a facetious joke trolling. Yeah. yeah it sounds like he was trolling if he did that. Cause that's kind of, I mean, you, you say that to people, especially in the UFO community, you, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do something like that. You, you cuckoos <laughs> go lock your door. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I think it's the coolest thing out of all of this though. What's but um, it, it also went uh, against, I think what we've been kind of hearing the last five years, which was pretty shocking to me because you know, we always heard that basically pilots could identify anything, um, you know, yeah. that they're the best observers, which they are. But then during the audio, we're hearing them not being able to identify this, especially if these aren't UFOs. That means they can't identify regular drones or even some sort of drones, maybe in advanced drones, but they still can't identify them because they're small. The planes are going fast. The drones are going slow. So there's all these obstacles I wasn't aware of. Um, until this happened. And then we also kind of got to see a uh, first I look at like how crash retrievals work in a way and, or don't work, I guess. Yep. And you had Ryan, what's his name from uh, the Navy tr- uh, training off of Virginia. I mean, they, they, he and his wingman uh, went past uh, the, 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 the cube inside of a sphere uh, exactly. at, at mock whatever. And the thing was standing still. Like, they can't see it more than a blink. Right. Right. It makes me question some of the um, the ID the IDs of these objects. To be honest with you, because obviously, yeah. and now I don't know the conditions though. Maybe it was Ryan cloudy Gross. or foggy uh, over the last week or two. I don't, I don't yeah, remember the, problem, the, uh, the problem is Spain, So the problem is is that is that when it's been said before by Ryan Graves and, and David Fravor that these things reporting these things has been taboo. Um, you could loot, you could have your wings clipped. You could be grounded forever. For even reporting them for so long, now that they're experiencing these, even if they're Monday, again, even if they're benign, they're not used to hearing about these objects or engaging with them. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not used to it. Mm-hmm. So since that, since there is this stigma of like, don't talk about anything that's not that's not normal or that's not you know just again benign, then now they're facing these things and unprepared, unprepared. So I think it's unfair for the pilot to the pilots. That now that they're just kind of being thrown into this situation without any any intel, no experience with it, um, they're they're be, they're recording their their experiences with the these encounters, but it does make them seem sem- somewhat incompetent. Like they're they're the best you know pilots in the world, and here they are not knowing what objects they're shooting down. That's not fair to them. I think I think it's kind uh, of unfair you to them. about this uh, comment. I dug up a comment from Elizondo from 2018, and he was saying there's tech that is able to 
identify drones, what the kind of the maker of the drone is, and that they have all this identifying tech. And then I yeah, see they're also, the, uh, and they they transmit, they transmit, and you can tell from the the packet structure and other uh, radio modulation from the transmitter who made it. So why is there so much trouble going on right now with identifications? Well, uh, not I, only that, but I, they're I also able to that. disassemble them. You guys, they can also disassemble. Hang on, I don't know if anyone's hearing me. I, I really question that. I don't believe for a moment that these pilots don't know what they're seeing when they get up close. These these are trained observers. Did you hear the pilot audio? Yeah, they were pretty confused. Yeah, Chris Leto, they were. Chris Leto yeah. played it in, de- in detail. Yeah, and Linda Thompson has put out a transcript. They did not know what they were yeah. seeing. But that's what's that's, so confusing. Like that, I, I I was of the same thinking as you, Melinda. Like that's what the rhetoric yeah, has been right. for five years that they're able to identify everything. Now we're finding that they can't. I'm just wondering where the disconnect is. I don't I don't understand it. Exactly. I think it's kind of. I, yeah, I think it's where the. I, I, think I, it's don't the fact that they, I don't know the answer. I think it's because the pilots weren't able to talk about this before. There was it was stigmatized. I mean, look and how, they weren't look, allowed to report it. All of us are immersed in this. Because it's we think about it a lot, and listen to us, we're confused. Yeah, <laughs> are, are we? Then, are we? Are, are we then confused? Everyone isn't like running to sources. We're all kind of just pulling our information, and trying to figuring it out. And even you go to sources, and like they're confused. And if it's like more of a level playing field, I think going on right now. We got about one minute, yeah. guys. One minute before we're going to launch. Steve, how you feeling, buddy? Hold on, I got you. Oh, you got your mic on. I felt better. Okay. Sorry, Steve. These RFPs that are going around are extremely strong because of, one, uh, the isolation of the pandemic period. Uh, People have not gotten exposure to much. And a second reason is that people's immune systems have been uh, somewhat deteriorated. So uh, they can be be nasty, and particularly in kids. So that's just... What's going on? All right, we got. I haven't been we got years. Gary, we got thirty seconds. Big thank you to Bob, Louie, Lala, Vaughn, Derek, Greg, and Red Panda for the super chats. We really appreciate it. I will be in San Francisco for UFOCon twenty twenty three. Go to get your tickets at UFOCon twenty twenty three dot com. That is March seventeenth through nineteenth. If you're looking for our Vegas tickets, VIP tickets, close out. April 1st, check the ticker below. Here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Decolate. Decolate is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok 
at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with a great panel tonight. Balloons or UFOs? Joining us is Science Bob McGuire. We have podcasters <coughs> Rakeese Williams and Christina Gomez, researcher Melinda Leslie from the Paradigm Research Group, Stephen Bassett from the Silver Record, Danny Silva, and from MUFON, Bob Spearing. And uh, let's get right to it here with uh, this topic. Melinda, how do you feel this has affected what we do in ufology when the media is jumping all over this uh, subject regarding the balloons and whether or not it is of alien descent? Well, I agree with the people who said something already that the media attention is is one of the benefits of this. I think, again, that the senators showing how dissatisfied they were and information being kept from them that seemed I think it seemed legitimate I mean some of them might be using their you know their talking points and you know opportunity in front of the camera but at the same time there were some really strong various comments said um, that they were clearly you know dissatisfied with what they were getting I think Biden's reaction in causing I already stated this the the uh, new organization that he started to kind of, to kind of because he's questioning the information he's getting from the DoD. I, I, these to me are good signs. These these are movement forward. Uh, you know, I try to keep stepping back and looking at the big picture of what does this mean to ufology in a big picture. You know, and I think there are some benefits to takeaways. Now, the downside is, and I agree, like, you know, even Steve said, Steve, I don't think, I think you came on after I said my bit, maybe, to say, you know, yeah, everyone was overreacting, making a big deal of it. I agreed with you there. Um, you know, it's, it's to every, I think it's a lesson in ufology to really think before we speak, um, to be level headed. And, uh, you know, so, but I think we learn from that. So I think, you know, going forward, we learn from it. And, um, and I, I, I think, um, that, that, uh, again, the, the senators and the congressmen getting the briefing from Arrow and coming away dissatisfied with what they're hearing from the DOD and from Arrow, you know, whatever. But I feel like they're asking questions. I think Biden's saying, I know I'm not getting the full facts, so I need to have this other organization to, you know, because I'm questioning what I'm getting. I- Baby on the way. Do you find yourself thinking a lot about your family's future and ways you can plan for your family's future help? You should look into cord blood banking with Viacord for your newborn. Visit Viacord.com. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com to learn all about the benefits of saving your baby's cord blood for your family. Cord blood banking is a great way to start your family's future health care planning. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D.com. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. And uh, and then on top of that, with what you just said, the media attention. I think is good. I think these are things that um, 
I, I don't see any real negative here for the field. I mean, can, can I say we reacted poorly initially? You know, we learned from that, okay? I think but what we learned is good and empowering. And I think for the field, this is like, okay. And and it shows that the work that's been done over these years by, by Chris and Lou and company and those involved, and, you know, so I can say the senators and the congressmen that have been helping them, that that the paradigm has changed. I think we all look at it and go, you know, in the seven, in the 75 years of kind of known formal ufology, if you will, you know, formal study, certainly in the 34 years I've been in the field, this has never been the attitude ever. That you'd have senators and congressmen coming out of a meeting saying we're unhappy that we've had Biden get to the podium. I mean, and use, like I said earlier, that new term, um, unidentified aerial objects and stuff. I mean, I'm going, this this is a paradigm sea change on the subject. And that's a good thing. Now, like I agree with Steve, too. We've got a long ways ahead of us. There's a lot more to come. You know, and 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 I think ufology can learn hey, if we reoveracted to this, when there's hearings, public hearings, and these high-level witnesses talking, how are we going to react? We can't go, blah, 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 all different directions. We have to sit back and go, wait a second. And and I think it is a total sea change, paradigm change, that this is even being handled. And the media attention is a paradigm change. So I see those as the takeaways, the good things, you know, that have come from this and a learning experience for ufology to not overreact. There we go. All right. Bob Spearing. I, I, from I don't know Mufon. if I answered your question. <laughs> you, you did very well. Bob Spearing from MUFON. <laughs> want to bring you in here for a moment. The idea that, that many people were talking UFOs, I mean, it's going to attract people to start staring up in the sky a little bit more, which is always good for reports. However, there are, you know, there are a bunch of people out there wondering whether or not this was an alien false flag and, and whether or not this Project Blue Beam truly existed. Now, us in this field who have actually done the research, we know that there's a little bit more to that. But what's your thoughts on on this whole concept of, of a potential false flag? I just uh, I just posted uh, uh, Bart Simpson uh, a meme about a fake alien UFO invasion on Facebook the other day. I, I mean, anything's possible. Um, I personally don't think so. Um, I, I think that there's there's a lot going on and. Some of the research that we did this past month has led us to the Pacific Ocean. There's a lot of really strange things going on over the Pacific Ocean. It began this summer around August 13th, I believe, with the Catalina sightings by the pilots. And we have any number of other uh, pilot sightings this summer. It was almost a collision between a small cube-shaped object that almost collided with uh, an airliner coming into the Philadelphia airport. Uh, There was a video taken by a pilot of what they claim was a two-mile-long object over the North Pacific near Vancouver with satellite objects going around it. So I don't think there's anything false flag. I think that there's two things that are possibilities. One is it's the Chinese. Two, that it's something anomalous. Very true. And and Science Bob, let's bring you in here for a moment because I know you looked into this whole f- false flag aspect. We kind of talked about that. I mean, just your thoughts on, on the, many in the public kind of going off on, on the fact that the alien invasion was here and you know what? We got to be prepared and, 
and it didn't help with the government hype of mentioning that we can't rule out extraterrestrials right now? Look, if you think anybody in the military-industrial complex is not going to take every little threat narrative they can to try to get increased funding for their pet project, you're not living in the real world. So they don't need a false narrative. They just take the one we've got and, and hype it up so they get more money. And, but there are needs. And Chris Mellon did a fantastic job of in a blog thing he put up on TTSA before he left it about all the different systems the United States government uh, uses for it and its allies in order to find things. And no one is synthesizing all of that information into a single narrative about UAPs, USOs, et cetera. So apparently some of that is happening. And if that's happening, Chris Mellon has done a fabulous job, and that is some of what I'm hearing, is that we're finally taking all these different systems, some run by the Navy, some run by the Air Force, some run by Space Force, some run by NRO, some run by this, and they're finally having a fusion center for all of that stuff, uh, and that that will be a good thing. Now, my understanding and this is just one person telling me this, is all the top secret stuff is going to be handled by naval intelligence. And uh, the, the, the stuff that's looking backwards all through legacy, et cetera, and so forth, and, and civilian sightings and so forth be handled by Arrow. So uh, uh, that sounds like a reasonable breakdown of how it might work, given they're going to they're always going to protect national technical means. And every time they can get increased funding by having a threat, they're going to they're going to use it. Denny Silver from the Silver Record. Is, Is that all this is now? Is it's about funding? It's about trying to get more budget? I certainly hope not. You know, I, I would like to think that the. Uh that the Chinese balloon, um, you know, wasn't like some big conspiracy control thing. I do wonder if they would have told us about it if it wasn't so low and getting spotted by civilians. I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they probably had to tell us about it at that point. But um, I hope that this isn't all funny. I mean, I'm sure a lot of other things boil down to that. But I'm trying to look at um, a lot of the positives of the situation, like a lot of us have brought up tonight. And it's eyes on, um, on what's going on with the UFO subject, even if these aren't UFOs. And... Um, it's uh, and they've turned those sensors on, and I guess it took the Chinese balloon for them to do it, and so now they're going to be looking at everything. There was that uh, Hawaiian balloon story as well that came out yesterday. I haven't heard uh, an update about it. I don't know if you guys have, but um, I'm I'm kind of expecting more of these to happen. If they just all of a sudden stop now, um, I think that would be a red flag to me, and something weird is going on. But um, I don't know. And then if they're over the ocean, you know that isn't necessarily going to be uh always shutting down airspace so if they're not shutting down airspace i'm wondering if we're not going to find out about them that the navy will own it well for for me from all of this i'm left with the uncomfortable feeling based on louisiana senator john kennedy saying after the classified briefing that people should quote lock their doors and it has this kind of been the the breadcrumb of substance i mean on one hand they say it's just balloons and that finding the the debris has been too difficult and then you you have this quote from him and that sounds like he knows from the briefing that there is a very real threat out there and they are not allowed to speak about publicly or is there just some agreed upon scare tactic this statement is so open-ended does it mean that there is an invasive threat 
either from non-domestic enemies or from non-human intelligences or what. So I, I, I don't think there has been enough media follow-up on this statement. It's significant, but hey, aren't these politicians supposed to be very careful what they say on camera? And locking the door, I don't think that's going to help with an invasive situation, especially if it's aliens. So I want more follow-up on that particular statement. Oh, I think we I all want. joking, to be honest. That one... Um, someone put it on Twitter where they were they showed him saying it in another situation. So I, I don't know if he was just it's like in his vernacular. Um, and I'm also, uh, uh, yeah. And I'm uh, right, but politicians they just can't make jokes like that on camera because it it causes a lot of fear in people's mindsets, and people yeah, but, will grab onto that as well, we've seen already. Welcome, welcome to you, But if you look at the current political environment and what's been going on in the chambers. And the, the you know, there's almost been fist fighting. There's been name calling. I mean, the politeness and how politicians should act is out the window. So that he would say something flippant, I wouldn't put it past. And I'm talking both sides of the aisle. I wouldn't put it past anybody to be saying something flippant in response to this subject. That's something I else that we're seeing kind of for the first time right now. Is um, the UAP subject is getting dragged into partisan politics now, and we've always yeah. tried to keep it uh, apolitical. And this past week, it hasn't been. So maybe that's going to be a sea change. And in the future, it's going to be, you know, if uh, one side doesn't like Biden, they're going to be blasting him for doing that or whatever. And it's going to be a partisan, which is uh, unfortunate. And maybe that's where we're headed. Well, luckily, the NDAA and things that seem to come about from a bipartisanship, at least that's what we were hearing. And and we're definitely had Democrats and Republicans coming out in favor of it. Um, But I I agree with you, Danny, with what just happened. They put the pressure on Biden to say something that came across as extremely partisan to me. And, uh, and I hope, I hope you're wrong, but, but you're right. It could become, as this becomes a a political issue, it'll then be a partisan issue. I, you know, unfortunately that's just how our, political scene is playing out right now so both both steve and melinda have talked about it we don't need to overplay our hand and yappity yappity yap but i want to say how much i agree with this for a couple of reasons i keep hearing that the clauses put into the ndaa uh have allowed more than one person to come forward and start talking and it's that that's what we want to be quiet and wait for for people with real information to be put on the record about what's gone on in the past. And I'm hearing that some of them are coming forward. Yeah. We want to, we want to be careful. Let's get to see. Yeah. There's already been meetings with Kirkpatrick and arrow from a bunch of different witnesses. I keep hearing them. I, I know of at least off the top of my head, like four is what I, you know, it's what I've heard so far that there may be more, but that's just what I think I know of. Steve Bassett, I want to bring you in here because, uh, you know, now we're hearing that uh, there might be a new group forming outside of Arrow and that uh, the, these groups need more funding. I mean, how many more groups do we need, Steve? I mean, we've gone through, what, about 17 of them in the last uh, year and a half? I mean, whatever this is, I mean, why every time they give a budget to someone or, or make the rules for this group and they change the rules, why do we got to keep getting a new budget? Why do we got to keep getting a new acronym? And it, to me, being the, the token Canadian in this conversation, that makes no sense to me at all. 
All right, first of all, there haven't been a bunch of groups. There's been one program that was initiated essentially by the legislation that was put in place by Mark Rubio. What's happened as, as this program has developed within the DOD, the name, the name has changed. One of the reasons that names change when you're setting up something large in the national defense world is that as you move forward, particularly with new legislation, with the nature of the program, the project, expands, uh, is modified. And so they change the name to reflect this new, the new aspect of it, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's no, it's not different programs at all. It's always been the same one from the beginning. Um, secondly, the task force, or the, the thing that Clint, um, Biden set up in the White House is, is trivial. Because this is now a out in the open national security matter. Uh, he felt he needed to set up something there. Give it a name. It's not a big deal, but he's basically letting the world know that, yeah, I actually do care when uh, objects without transponders travel across the United States, violating our airspace and risking the possibility of crashing into a, uh, an airline or something. So not a big deal. In fact, the entire thing at, essentially is not a big deal. Okay. It's, it's a one very large surveillance balloon, huge, massive, many hundreds of feet high. There are lots of them up there, even legitimate ones for weather, flying them all the time. We keep track of them. We know where they are. One got into a position where it created a bit of a problem. The other ones are small. And, they're, and, and, and so that's why. How much of a national security issue is that? No, what I'm focusing on is the way we responded to it and all the incongruities, that is what intrigues me. First of all, as I pointed out, it's clear they didn't see it coming. And two, they weren't sure what to do with it. And three, probably the response was uh, made difficult by the enormous amount of interest in the subject and, and the programs that are being set up. All right. But let's just begin. Let's go back to the beginning. I don't know if you recall this, but... There was no discussion about those three other objects being balloons. They were objects, objects, objects. They were not balloons. Now, over time, suddenly the balloon thing kind of came into play. Because, well, as you may recall, earlier, one of the reports from a pilot was it doesn't have any means of propulsion. Okay. The pilot didn't say... It's floating uh, at 20 miles an hour because it's tired to a, tied, uh, uh, tied to a balloon. No, it has no means of propulsion. That's got lost in the, in the, you know, the noise. I get it. And then eventually they started mentioning a balloon with one of the objects. They call it a small metallic balloon with a small payload underneath it. So, okay, so they're very small. With respect to the Chinese metal balloon, that they took down with a, uh, a Sidewinder missile, which they probably can modify the degree of explosive. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. 
They shot it through the balloon. And the reason they said they did that was because they had tried to shoot it down with cannon fire, about a thousand rounds when it was over Canada. I think maybe it had been a Canadian plane that did that. And it didn't come down because of the nature of these balloons are pretty resilient and, and uh, maybe double layered or whatever. And so the helium just wasn't getting out fast enough. And so they said, we'll use a, a stinger. Why the stinger didn't, I mean, beside minor, I just passed right through it. I don't know, except it might've been set to explode. They could have shot it down and just kept shooting more and more until it came down, but whatever. So that's a bit of an anomaly, but on the small ones, the one they say has a little metallic uh, balloon and then a small payload. You're going to shoot that down with the sidewinder? I don't think so. And then another pilot talked about the fact that when they were in proximity to one of these small things that first didn't have a balloon attached and now maybe has a balloon attached, it was affecting the pilot's controls. Pretty significant. All right. And so then we get to the Something that was mentioned earlier, and I, I tweeted about pretty damn quick because I've actually made a big deal about this for a long, long time. No interceptor jet from the United States ever takes off in an interceptor mode and usually even in a combat mode without the ability to film the engagement, period. These used to be called gun cameras in the old days. When in the, the, the propeller planes, they they would take one of the gun gun uh, deals out, and they would replace it with a camera. The other things could shoot, but that one would just film. No plane does that, and so obviously, if this thing is not right, if there's something about this that they, I'm not sure about. They're not, they can't show the film. Well, first of all, they can't mention there's the camera. And so when they came out early on with press statement after press statement and never mentioned the camera, I knew right away something was not right with this. And so I tweeted about that. And eventually one fine member of uh, the press, well into the multiple press conferences, it should have been question number one, but the press is so flummoxed by all of this, so out of their depth. Still, even though they are, you know, you look at Rogaway and the drive and and the debrief. Let me tell you, that's a fine journalist coming in here. Okay, they, they didn't ask. Well, they finally asked, and Kirby's response was, "Well, okay." So they have Steve. Steve, hold that thought. Because I do want you to finish it. And when we come back, I also want to get into with our panel, you know, what Lou Elizondo said. He said that this was the reason why he left the ATIP program to go public. We got a lot to talk about in the next half hour with our panel. Marquise Williams, Science Bob, Danny Silver from the Silver Record, Stephen Bassett from Paradigm Research Group, researcher Melinda Leslie from MUFON, Bob Spearing, and Christina Gomez podcaster extraordinaire we'll be back with more spaced out radio when we return stay tuned this is flying on by i i just want to tell everyone i'm really enjoying this myself because i i'm glad that we've taken this places where i haven't heard other discussions go on this you know and and i think it has value yep well, you know, I mean, it's multiple, multiple perspectives as always. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's good to discuss, 
get the different perspectives. And, um, and I think we're all being, you know, so fair to each other and supportive and kind. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm enjoying this and I hope the audience is, if people out there, you know, listening, I hope you're enjoying, I'm not looking at the, at the chat or anything. They're enjoying, they, they love it. The audience is doing great. Are they loving it? Good, good. Oh yeah. Good. Because I, I, I don't know. I think we've taken it some other places I haven't heard other discussions go and kind of into a deeper places, which I think it needed to. So, yay. We're talking it from every angle. Every and angle. the beautiful thing is that this entire panel, everyone's respectful for everyone's ideas and opinions. Yeah. And then you have yeah. Scott being an incredible host, really giving everyone time to speak yeah. and to share their thoughts and insights, which, Scott, I know it's it's no easy task. It is really awesome. It, it is. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, trying, yeah. to, trying to balance yeah. everybody out there to give an opinion. And, and, you know, that's why I say thank you to each and every one of you for coming on in and adding your valued opinion because, you know, I don't think that uh, we have a lot of uh, people out there who are, or we, I think we do have a lot of people running around out there, uh, running around like a, a chicken with their heads cut off, trying to uh, figure Dr. out, <laughs> you know, what's, yeah, going, what's on. going on. Right. I mean, personally, I feel like I'm trying my very best to condense my thoughts into these, like, you know, I'm not very good at that, but I'm doing. I hope I'm doing okay. <laughs> I like the octo floater, filthy. I know, I know. He's cr- cool. Filthy are cracking me up because the nice, octo nice. floater, like the octo mom. I love it. <laughs> Baby on the way. Do you find yourself thinking a lot about your family's future and ways you can plan for your family's future? Help. You should look into cord blood banking with Viacord for your newborn. Visit Viacord.com. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D dot com to learn all about the benefits of saving your baby's cord blood for your family. Cord blood banking is a great way to start your family's future health care planning. That's V-I-A-C-O-R-D dot com. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. That's hysterical. hysterical. Creativity at its best. Yes, absolutely. That's hysterical. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, I I appreciate each and every one of you always uh, coming in to say hello and and helping with our audience. And I mean, this this is what makes this this uh, panel and panels like this unique, because we all have differing opinions. And, you know, sometimes we can get stuck on our own opinion and, and, uh, you know, stand on top of the mountain and and rant about it. But I mean, in the end, it it does come uh, to to uh, play as it comes out to play here. I mean, we all uh, bring different points that, that allow people to think and think clearly about it, you know? So I, th- I think it's good. I think it's great. The defense side of stuff alone is just so technical and hard for me to understand. And I'll speak to Rogaway about it and uh, ask him a million questions, but you know, he does it for a living. And I, even after I talked to him, I still don't understand all the points. I'm just from yeah, the I'm trying to side. I'm trying to put together all the different organizations. Like the, I couldn't separate the DOD and the Pentagon. I thought they were the, before all this. I thought they were just the same thing. I was like, oh, it's just the president and like the DOD. I thought they were just like, you know, the president runs all these different departments and it's all the same thing. I had no idea how separate they are and how they just communicate between each other. But they're not 
they're not even close to being the same entities. You, you, um, you, so you should you should see when you put out a classified, you, you get the classified intelligence community to put together a briefing that the president's going to give. There are 23 entities in the intelligence community, and each one of them has to yeah. sign off on what the president says. I mean, it's, John, not, it's ridiculous. John Ramirez did a presentation about the intelligence community and all the different, like, the different parts of it. And I, I've been I've watched it like three or four times, and it's just so complex. There's so many different parts of it yep. um, that it's really hard to keep. Again, it's hard to conceptualize and uh, J- john will be at ufo con in case people want to go by the way did awesome. anybody get a good laugh at goodyear at the daytona 500 where they when they flew the blimp the goodyear yeah. blimp over yeah. and they had don't shoot printed on it <laughs> oh, did they? yeah <laughs> did they really yes it, it, it was uh, brilliant i thought that was a joke oh but my it, God. yeah it's, yeah that was, i didn't know that was real so that was That's absolutely funny. brilliant. We got about yeah, uh, yeah. 40 seconds here. Big thank you to Bob, Louis, Lala, Vaughn, Derek, Greg, Red Panda, Human Carl, and Deb for the amazing super chats. We very much appreciate it. And uh, don't forget, uh, if you are planning on coming to Vegas, we are going to be sending out more emails here this week regarding our fan party, May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget. We want to see you all there. Info down below on the ticker if you're watching on YouTube. And, of course, I will be at UFOCon 2023 along with Melinda Leslie, John Yost, Science Bob, and many others. It's going to be a great conference in San Francisco, UFOCon2023.com. You can get your tickets there. And uh, we're going to continue with the panel until the top of the hour here. And uh, so I will try and get to some of your questions. If I don't, I'm sorry, but here we go. I'd like to sum up what I'm... I'd like to sum up what I was saying before. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. Very much appreciate it. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We got everything there for you. We're going to get right to the panel right now. Steve Bassett, uh, we need you to sum up what you were finishing right before the break regarding the political subject. Okay, very quickly. Here's what to focus on as the articles come out. Shooting down of the Chinese balloon was not a big deal. It's no big deal. All right. In terms of the three other objects, one, why did they take so long to sort of start attach balloons to them? Right. Two, why didn't they immediately mention that obviously they filmed it and would provide that? Three, why did they shoot them down? Why did they use sidewinder missiles? These are small, not big at all. Right. Nothing like the Chinese balloon. Why did one of the the members of the DOD initially say we'll never find the wreckage, which is an utterly ludicrous statement? And then eventually they said, well, they called off the search for the wreckage. We have the technology to find a Rolex watch in the middle of a forest. All right. If we really wanted to. And. And then I think ultimately, why so much confusion? Balloons are sent up all the time. 
thousands of them by civilians and stuff for all kinds of fun and games and everything else. Uh, this is extremely unusual. And why did they not put more emphasis on why that pilots controls were affected? And then lastly, this. If they weren't attached to balloons, if they were moving without any means of propulsion, unless they were what is called a fixed-body aircraft or a fixed-body airship, which is where you have, you build a fixed-body craft of extremely light material, but it's fixed, and you fill it with helium and whatever, so that it floats like a balloon, but it doesn't look like a balloon. This is increasingly possible. It makes a very interesting surveillance vehicle. It takes very little energy to move it because it's floating, but it looks like maybe a Volkswagen. That's possible. But just for your, you know, information, if in fact that was a, not a fixed body air, aircraft, airship, if it was in fact a non-balloon connected craft without any means of propulsion it could be anti-gravitic if it's anti-gravitic it's either ours or probably the chinese if it's ours or the chinese it first of all if it's ours what in the hell is it doing flying in that way and being seen if it's the chinese a, a anti-gravitic drone of that type would be perfect absolute perfect classic surveillance craft and if, in fact, we made the decision to take them down, you can see the problem that the government faces. All of these things are things to just think about as it unfolds. And I invite all the press to answer, ask questions about that at the next press conference with Kirby or uh, Jean-Pierre uh, and see how much more they squirm. But I assure you, they didn't see this coming. They're not sure what to do about it. It is a reflection of how far we are trying to deal with the UAP phenomena and how much attention is being paid. Steve, I'd like to ask you a question. I'd like to hear your insights on it. What can you say in regards to the terminology used in the latest UAP report where it said balloon-like entities? What does that mean to you? (laughs) It It means they're doing everything they can to not be specific, right? What they should do is just say, here's a photo taken from our F-22. By the way, F-16s, F-22s, and they used F-35s, okay, which I think cost cost $500,000 a minute to fly. But whatever. Here's a photo of what we saw. And so here's why we decided to shoot it down. Again, what's most important about this is not the specifics. It's the way it's being engaged by the government. And the way it's not being properly handled by the media, but I get that. The truth embargo has made things so hard, so difficult. It's made fools of everybody, the press, the government, me, everybody. That's why it needs to end. But you're seeing kind of uh, a, a, uh, um, a microcosm of, of the truth embargo and the dilemma that the government's faced all these years, having to misrepresent, lie, ignore, or whatever, so many things in order to maintain the damn thing. And so that's what amuses me about it. It's not a false flag. It's not a threat. It's just an artifact of the final days of the truth embargo. 
Thank you for showing your insights. I appreciate it. Danny Silva, I want to I want to get into uh, Lou Elizondo here because Lou Elizondo, who's been a, pretty much the face of ufology since 2017, had come out and basically stated this was exactly why he had left the ATIP department back in in uh, the mid uh, 2010s. And the fact that he was frustrated that there wasn't funding, that they weren't looking after the UAP subject, and nobody seemed to be taking it seriously. But for me, the way I read it, maybe I read it too illogically, was the fact that I always thought that Lou was there for the UFOs. And for me, that's kind of what I heard from him the last few years. However, when we when we listen to his comments or read his comments regarding this subject was it about balloons was it about you know like what is what is hindering uh, these decisions regarding whether it's man-made or not because uap in my opinion now covers man-made objects whereas ufo sticks to unidentified flying objects from the stars your opinion i think when he uh, his recent comments he was talking generally about airspace you know we don't have a handle on airspace um, I actually talked to him and he reiterated that to me as well. You know, the, the, the airspace bottom line here, uh, we need to get a handle on it. And if something um, uh, came from all of this, I think that would be the bottom line. And it's cool to see even the president having to comment on uh, them lacking about controlling our airspace. And that was um, part of the whole UFO discussion. I've always said this where I wanted the defense guys that think everything is drones or everything is balloons now, the UFO people, everyone can come together for the simple bottom line, the fact that we all want our airspace um, to be looked at more closely and to be guarded. And um, so defense reporters, UFO community, everyone can come together on that fact. And now we're seeing that kind of in real time with the, uh, the filters being cut back on and all this other kind of thing and the press being interested. So I think that's a great... Um, this progression from what's happening. Uh, let's get you in here, uh, Science Bob, regarding Elizondo's comments. Yeah, so um, Lou realizes exactly what we've been saying, which is from zero to, you know, 30, 40,000 feet, uh, we have radar on the ground. From 40 to 100,000 feet, we have this and that and the other, and not much flies there. Okay, so we there's large swaths of our atmosphere that we are just not covering well, and so uh, and so uh, the NORAD and other people with detection equipment are now turning on sensitive things to operate in those spaces, and all of a sudden they've got a glut of new things that they were not expecting, uh, and then we've got all these drones, we have lots of balloons, there's just a lot of stuff in our atmosphere. And we need to figure out how to call it for things that are interesting. Uh, and so there's going to be a ton of machine learning, artificial intelligence work on classifications, eliminations, and filtering. And that work is going to take years. And it's going to cost a lot of money. Bob Spearing, let's bring you in. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think it's going to take years and a lot of money, Bob. I, I think that AI is going to be the future very soon. When you mm -hmm. look at MUFON has 128,000 cases, uh, New Fork has 150,000 cases, NICAP has 100,000 uh, cases, 
pretty soon with this, especially with these weird personality AIs that have, you know, we've heard about this week, they're going to be able to crunch this stuff very fast. Yes. Yeah. So I want to point out as a, as a data person and a machine language uh, engineer, it is ridiculous how much data it trains them to be good. So a hundred thousand cases is a drop in a bucket. It's just not enough. Okay. All right. I can buy that. But, um, I guess that the main point I want to make is that we are getting close to figuring it out. Uh, Enigma labs is spending millions of dollars to create an AI system to crunch numbers. So people are working on it right now. All right. And I'm sure they have all the MUFON stuff and new fork stuff to, you know, to boot. And the only other thing I want to say is I really think we should keep our eyes on the Pacific ocean. All right, in the near future, because a lot of interesting things are going to come out of the Pacific Ocean. Well, I want to, let me add: if Enigma gets a secure facility, they can get the classified data with hundreds of thousands of objects in it from the United States government and use it as well. Can we trust Enigma, though, Christina? They've been awfully silent. I'm not- I'm not sure that that's where the issue lies. It is hard to say, and the biggest question is: can we really trust anyone? Everyone has their own intentions. Everyone has their own agenda. So the question is, who should we trust? And as my father always says, trust nobody. Well, citizen well, science. Let's do citizen science. Let's get Melinda Leslie in here because uh, you haven't spoken for a while here, Melinda. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, there's a lot going on here. We got Enigma Labs coming out of nowhere, and and now trying to really take over the the, the UFO side of things. We have uh, a number. Oh, we lost Melinda there. She's frozen. So uh, whoever else wants to comment on Enigma, uh, you know, the idea behind the behind this group is technically we don't know who runs it. We don't know who's organizing it. We know the names from Peter Thiel to to uh, Alex George. Alejandro Rojas. Alejandro, Alejandro Rojas, Rojas is involved. I mean, there yeah. seems to be... There seem to be a number of people. We know uh, Alex Dietrich is advising for them, and uh, Ben Hansen from the television shows, he's putting in, in his reports. They are getting some big names in there, but they seem to be wanting to do everything on the secret because they're a private company. And, Bob, I don't think that uh, – Bob, uh, science Bob, that is. I don't think that's healthy for ufology considering where we've played this game to this point. I think what, the thing, what you're saying is exactly what I'm about to point out is – it's a fait accompli. They are it. The Enigma has won the battle to be, be in charge of a bunch of stuff, and we have to accept and try to keep, hold them accountable so that we get stuff out of them. I mean, it, 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 right now they, they appear to be on top as a major player with Arrow. Steve Bassett? You're I agree. Th- I- oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mar- Marquis. No, sorry, Steve. By all means, Steve. Uh, uh, let me assure you, there are plenty of private entities that are doing all manners of various research, anticipating of what's coming. Okay. Because, and I don't want to shock anybody, the U S government knows what they are. has known what they are since 47. There are people within the, certainly the government contractor, defense contract world that know what they are. And there's a number of what we'll call scientific uh, entities with people in it that know what they are. Everything we're going about now is not finding out what they are. It's finding out how they can claw their way out from under 
the truth embargo, but there's plenty of things going. Enigma is getting a little exposure, but probably for every Enigma, there's five that you have no idea even exists. And I'd like to point out one other just anomaly to, to, to keep track of or be aware of as we this uh, as we examine this cluster. You know what? Uh, you may recall in the very beginning, the the balloon was flying over the United States for a very long time. Of course, they were tracking it. And so they kind of knew where it was so they could direct our airliners around it and all that. But ultimately, they said, we had to shoot it down, not because it's a surveillance balloon, because there's others. I mean, it's not because we had to stop the surveillance. You can't stop the surveillance. Because it could interfere with air traffic. Okay? Would someone like to tell me how much air traffic there is over Prudhoe Bay, north of Alaska? <laughs> just curious. Okay. So, in other words, they just... And I've seen this before. It all, it all it goes all the way back to poor Colonel Haynes that had to give the press conference in 97 at the at the DOD and go out there, poor guy, and, and say, no, 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 it was a mogul balloon and the body situation was time compression. What they were seeing was air, 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 air force crash test dummies in 52 and thought they'd seen small grays in 47. I mean, I've, I've listened and seen, and we have the history of the government tying itself up into knots and making a fool of itself over this issue. And just on, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a pro-government guy. I think without it, things could go to hell very quickly. And I'm very sympathetic with those who, are, who serve this country, and they serve it honorably. And they have to, without, without choice, play these games and say these things. Okay, But it's not a good look for us. And it's undermining trust. And we still have thousands of nuclear weapons and people out there saying they think they'd like to use them. And so we need to get away from this kind of nonsense and just tell the truth. You'd be amazed how people will react. Every instance where someone has been relatively truthful and candid, all they've gotten is heaps of praise. So anyway, I, I don't want to go on, but that's just another little thing of, I wanted to mention, the anomalies of this, this fascinating subject or the fascinating period. Melinda, I, want to, I would like your opinion here. Now, I admit I was out, and maybe I didn't hear what you originally asked, Dave. I'm sorry. I was having just, – just, just in regards – okay. Okay, so just – just in regards to you know we we have seen Lou Elizondo recently state that this you know the the UAPs is uh, the way they are now what we're seeing this is the reason why uh, he left ATIP because there wasn't enough funding for it yeah uh, and then you know we look at group. Groups like Enigma Labs coming out of nowhere, all of a sudden uh, working closely with NASA and Arrow when uh, nobody even knows who they are, being a private group, privately funded? Well, as far as Lou's statement, I, I personally I had absolutely no problem with it. I think he was just stating the obvious. You know, a lot, a lot of times I feel like Chris and Lou aren't necessarily putting something out there for us for meaning ufology i think they're putting stuff out there for the general public and so sometimes i have to kind of sit back and go wait that's not for us you know that's to tell the general public this is why i see a couple of people nodding like bob and and a few others nodding with me and so yeah i i just think um yeah in this case that's what he was doing stating something we already knew and uh, and yeah, and having you know uh, 
personally, I have no problem with it. Um, and uh, I, the threat thing at the end, that was the only part of that statement I had any problem with, that last line, because I get that they've, and again, see, that's not for us. That's that's how they've gotten the the funding. That's how they got the NDAA pass was to sell it as a threat. I understand that. I, I think we all do. Um, I think at some point, I don't know. Again, I, part of me wants to, them to let that go. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Um, but that's Melinda, the experiencer, the contactee, the, the psychic who goes, ah, you know. And so I want to let that go. But at the same time, I realize that's not language for us. That's both for the public, that's for the media, that's for everyone in government. This is how they're getting them to pay attention to it. So part of me has to sit back and go, okay, I understand that. Even if I disagree necessarily, I understand why. You know, so Let I me clarify that. something. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank go you. Ahead. No, go ahead. No, thank go you. Ahead. Absolutely, Steve. Because I, I feel like I, I, I made my point there. Um, just like I said, when Chris put out the statement he did, I thought he it was a missed opportunity to say this also benefits UFO transparency. And I felt like I was serious when I said you might want to reconsider your statement. Now, some people jumped on my case, who are you to tell Melon? And I'm like, well, first off, did he even read it? And if he did, but I meant what I said. I think it was a huge missed opportunity. So anyway, I've said my point. Thank you, Steve. Go ahead. Um, when Lou sent his letter and when he left, Lou was pretty – pretty knowledgeable and connected to, I guess, the, the, with the, what's going on inside in general. The problem was that I'm leaving because you won't spend any money to study this. Lou was aware we're spending billions to study this uh, over time, right? In a USAP, in a fully classified world, he was angry that we would not spend the money to set up a public-facing entity and show more of what we're doing, all right? Lou's fully aware that we've been studying this phenomena from day one, and, and that's to his credit. What he and Chris were doing was not, never from the beginning, was not, can we finally get the government to investigate this issue? No. Can we finally get the government to set up a public-facing situation and begin the process of bringing the public in to ultimately the whole damn thing. And that's why he and, and Chris Mellon, I believe, will one day get the presidential. That, and you just want to point out, it is, it is unbelievably expensive maintaining all that secrecy. It's unbelievable. Oh, God, yes. Very yeah, true. It is. <laughs> I, want to, I want to just get some final words here. We've got three minutes left. Christina Gomez, your final words. 
Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this panel. It was, as as Melinda had mentioned during the break, it's amazing to have so many brilliant minds here on this panel sharing their thoughts and their opinions and their years of research into, into this topic. So hearing all these different standpoints, going into depth on it, I think is very valuable not only for us on the panel but also the audience as well so i'm very grateful to have been invited to be here and uh, i look forward to doing some more with you guys danny silva where do we go from here i'm just happy like i was saying i I like this whole situation it put a spotlight on our airspace and how it needs to we have to have a handle on it it brought a spotlight onto the ufo topic whether these are ufos or not they're probably not we're going to assume they're not until proven otherwise but it was just good exposure for the topic it was amazing. We got a lot of new people interested. So I, I'm definitely glass half full on all this. And thanks for having me tonight. Absolutely. Bob Spearing from MUFON, International Director. I always appreciate you having me on, Dave. Uh, when when Steve was bringing up the list of things we should consider, it triggered another one for me about the Lake Huron object. They mentioned that it was unmanned. How did they know it was unmanned unless yes. they know the size of it? Bingo. Right? Bingo. Um, anyway. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate uh, you having me on. No problem. Great panel. Great panel. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Science Bob? So uh, in the initial uh, hours, I got really, really enthusiastic. And like Danny and others have said, uh, skepticism is got to be the way you go forward and listen a lot. Absolutely. Marquise? It was a really great pleasure to be on the panel with a bunch of juggernauts <laughs> as a new person. So everybody, it's great to be in your presence, all of you, seriously. Um, and um, it, I also heard some things that I haven't heard before, some perspectives I haven't heard. It also <laughs> was great to hear perspectives that are also similar to mine um, because I thought a lot of the things that you all were saying, but they just there's just so much going on. I never had a chance to even get to it. So I feel like this panel gave even it quenched a thirst even in me who has been delving into this subject lately. Um, so I appreciate the, everybody's input too. So. And uh, Steve Bassett. Here's where I go from here. Uh, we're back to normal. The action is beginning. I'll be speaking uh, at uh, the uh, UFO expo, which is being run by Tom Reed out of Roswell, interestingly oh, enough. Uh, and that is going to be March 10 to 12. And I'm going to be speaking at a UFO con up in the Bay area. My first time up there in five years, uh, that is March 17 to 19. We'll I'm going to be speaking at the contact in the desert, which is June two to four. And I want to tell you this conference could be massive given what I saw at the conscious life expo, which just tens right. of thousands of people. And this is going to be at the Indian Wells Renaissance again, and it's going to be spectacular. And I will be speaking at the World Ufology Conference in Mexico City, December 1 to 3. And based on what I've heard, it is going to be an amazing. Thank you, panel. Hour 3 is next. We're going to go to the swamp. We'll be right back after this break. Wonderful job, guys. Wonderful job. We'll give you all a few claps. Yep. What's the swamp? Uh, we are resident, our good friend. He goes by Swamp Dweller. Uh, he tells a spooky story to kick off hour number three of the okay, show. Okay, so we're, are we we're all done. Kind of wrapped? We are wrapped. 
Thanks, everybody. Love See you, you guys. Thank you. Thank see you, Steve. I'll see you in San Francisco, Steve. We'll see you in San Francisco. Yeah, I, really looking forward to that. I wanted to uh, announce something so uh, real quick. Um, I'm in a new documentary um, made by an award-winning documentary film team. Um, I'm very thrilled. Uh, and awesome. I just posted because they just – uh, late this afternoon, sent me hi Tim, hi Tim, Tim. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, they had uh, one of the producers anyway sent me. They just put the trailer up today, so on Twitter and Facebook. I meant to say this on the air, but I didn't get a chance. But at least I'm saying it to anyone that's still on YouTube here. Um, so please, if you look at anyone who follows me on Twitter and or Facebook, if you go to either one, I just posted the brand new trailer, and the 15th of March is when the movie comes out. Um, it's already winning awards. It was put up in, uh, um, I just have a very small <laughs> snippet in it, like two little sound bites myself, but I'm thrilled to be a part of the project because I, I think it's going to be a controversial documentary, but in a good way, it's going to make people think, and it's called Accidental Truth, I'll be ready for that. By Ron James, and yes, it is correct. very good. This yes. is Ron's, uh, I think, Summum Bonum. He's been working yes. for years to get 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 a doc like this. I'm That's very right. happy for Ron. It, yeah, yes. awesome. Also, he has been working in Washington with MUFON. They're actually yes. lobbying the Congress uh, again. Yes. So this ain't one 1969, folks. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure, Steve. Yeah, so it's Ron James and and award winning uh, doc uh, filmmaker. Uh, uh, Paul Davids and Jennifer Stein and Peter Robbins. These are all executive producers on it. So it's an amazing team. This team has won many awards for past movie they, movies they've made. And, uh, and I'm very thrilled to even have a small part in it. So please, everyone, if you check out, if you want to see it, um, you can I go with this moto or whatever. It's being advertised on there right now. Um, but I just posted, again, my Twitter page and my Facebook page. So Twitter, I'm what at Linny Leslie, and on Facebook, I'm Melinda Leslie. So either one of those, and uh, and you can definitely uh, see the trailer. I just posted it. So and, I'm, I'm and if you all are on on social media, please mention that it's going to premiere at the Sonoma International Film Festival, uh, I believe, on March 26. Uh, that's Sonoma, Saturday, right. whatever it is. Yeah. It's premiering uh, at a showing here in Sedona, Arizona. So if anyone's in this area, any of my friends watching this and stuff, uh, Sedona, Arizona on March 15th, two showings at the, um, our local small theater here. Um, um, I'm forgetting the name of the theater. I'm pulling a blank, but it, anyone who's local knows. And, uh, and, uh, and anyway, so it's playing there. And, um, and again, so uh, that's March 15th. Cool. Congratulations. Steve, before you leave, I had a question for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I would love to, if you ever have the time. I listen to your, <laughs> I listen to you all the time, all the time. I've been going over a lot of your content in, on podcasts for the last year, um, even far back a couple of years. You've been on oh, some yeah. podcasts before. If you have the time, I'd love to interview you. I'd love to. If you, if you do, ever you have, have a podcast, Marky? I do. I do. Yep. Dimensions of Reality podcast. My life is doing podcasts. That's what this I do. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I just. That's my job. I, you can you just, just accept my email and, and okay. suggest the date and the time. 
ParadigmResearchGroup.org is the, uh, you know, PRG. Okay. And uh, send me Jason time, and I, I'll definitely do it, my friend. There aren't there. Awesome. I I live for podcasts. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. This All is right, great, guys. That's great. Bye bye. Take care. Oh, bye bye, Steve. So, so yeah, everyone. Uh, to see, to anyways. Uh, it's he said Steve was saying that I, my internet cut out, but he was saying uh, the movie's going to be in Sonoma. I think he said was that the twenty fifth, and here in Sedona on the fifteenth, and uh, but then it will be wide distribution. Um, I think about two months from now, so I want to say that's probably. April wide distribution, but a couple of showings before then it's already winning awards in film festivals. And, uh, and I I think it's gonna be very exciting. I'm glad Steve said something about it. That was nice of him to support it. So I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And I'm speaking for uh, Bay area, whichever, which has been talked about a couple of times. I'm excited about that. Can't wait Um, to see you there. Yes, Dave. Can't wait to see you. And if, I was going to say, can't wait to see Steve, but he already signed off. So I look forward ah. to seeing him. And Tim, are you going to be coming to UFO Con at the Bay Area? Um, if I do, it's going to be last minute. And it's going to okay. be kind of if I can squeeze it in with some other stuff I've got going. But okay, hopefully. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're so, we're going to. I look forward to seeing everyone there who who is able to attend. It's going to be an amazing conference. I'm not speaking at um, Contact in the Desert, but I'll probably go. I've I've got actually like five or six conferences. The only one I'm speaking at is UFOCon, but all the others I'm going to be attending, like the MUFON Symposium, you know, and uh, a bunch of others. So I my plan is to attend a bunch of these conferences this year. All right, Melinda, we got to let you go here. Because uh, yes, it is you. time. Love you, my dear. We'll see you soon. Bye. Love you. Thank you, Dave, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Take care. Nice to see Love, you. Bye bye. Love Melinda Leslie. Hey, random guy. Uh, we're going to get going here in about eight seconds. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. Very much appreciate it. Here comes our number three, everyone. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Decolet. Decolet is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again for us to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. 
Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Greetings, Swamp Dweller. I've got a story that's not horrifying, but still concerning and creepy. So, to begin, this happened back in 2015 in the mountains of North Carolina on the Blue Ridge Parkway. I can't remember the exact area, but it occurred at one of the many outlooks along the parkway. At the time, my girlfriend and I were taking a road trip and decided to drive at night to avoid traffic and road construction delays. We made a few stops at the overlooks along the way, and we had been going for quite some time, and I had decided that the last tower we should encounter, we would rest in the vehicle for a few hours, then continue. My truck at the time had a sunroof, so looking at the stars was a given, and we parked in a nice spot and got settled. We gazed at the stars for a couple of minutes, almost in a trance-like state, and soon we were both fast asleep. I somehow woke up, remembering I didn't lock the doors when something caught my peripherals. It was a shadowy tall figure that didn't look like a human being at all. The shadow figure reminded me of your typical gray alien, with dim glowing yellow eyes, almost like embers or hot coals from a hot fire. I rubbed my eyes thinking I was seeing things, but I was not, and it seemed to be growing taller. I couldn't move fast enough to crank the ignition and haul ass out of there, but I did just that. And as soon as I did so, my girlfriend shot wide awake, asking me what was happening. As we burned out of the parking space and fled, I could see the figure move into the middle of the road behind us. I ripped around a hairpin corner, no longer in sight of that thing. My girlfriend asked me again, and I told her I had seen something standing near the car that did not look like a human. She tried calming me down, telling me to slow down. But when I did slow down some, I noticed there were headlights from another vehicle approaching from the rear at a fast speed. We had not seen a single car since sunset, and the blinding headlights were now a few feet behind my tail end. What is this guy's problem? My girlfriend said. I said they might see that thing too and wanted to get far away like us. Then just like that, the headlights vanished. What the hell? I said as I glanced in the rearview mirror, tapping my brakes to illuminate the silhouette of a work van and a single occupant. Then the headlights came back on and inches off my bumper. I made a beeline exit to get off the parkway and head back towards Asheville or Waynesville. I can't quite remember which one, but so did the tailgater. Panic was setting in because we knew this van was now following us. I see an open gas station in the distance and floor it, pushing our vehicle to about 100 miles per hour. I slowed my approach and pulled into a gas station outside the front doors. The van continues down the road, passing us, making us both sigh in relief. I asked my girlfriend what color the van was and if she got a good look at it. She nodded and said it was military tan with a very dark window tint. It looked like a work van of some sort. As we were able to get into the store, the van pulls up into the station, parking at a distance. My girlfriend screams that we need to get out of here and quickly. I back the car out as fast as I can, lighting up the pavement again and blow past the parked van, glancing at our pursuer. Have you ever seen that part in the Matrix where the agents begin to shift and morph? That's precisely what it looked like this person was doing. Again, I got the car up to speed, rolling a hot 100 miles per hour, trying to lose this, well, whatever this was. A solid minute or two passes and my gut says that the van is no longer back there, and our speed outran it. 
I think it's time to finally head home. Sighing in relief, my girlfriend agreed. On the route back home, there wasn't much of any traffic. We had traveled almost 130 miles, but in the opposite traffic lanes, I saw an all too familiar van. It was the same one from that chase. How is that possible? I said, getting quite unnerved and antsy. My girlfriend said the same thing, telling me to stomp on the gas. I get off the highway and make a way for a police station. We make it to the station park and wait, trying to collect ourselves from this crazy episode. Across the street from the station, there was a car wash in a strip mall. My girlfriend speaks up and points in the direction of the strip mall, gasping, cursing. It's the same freaking van again. It was the same van from the highway, and then two more identical vans pulled up next to the one. We watched in horror as all these tall and dark figures emerged from the backs of the vans and began crossing the street in our direction. I laid on my horn and started flashing my lights. I tried to do anything I could to get the attention of the entire police station we were parked in front of, to which three officers came running out yelling, seeing if we needed help. As I went to look back where the figures and vans were, there was nothing. Ah, the Swamp Dweller spooking us out again with another creepy story from the Swamp. Swamp Dweller kicks off hour number three of each night here on Spaced Out Radio, and we love his spooky stories. If you want more, you can hear thousands for free. Just go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and listen on your own. From the Swamp to the Stars, it's time for Tim Senor, our resident Timbit, and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. And we got some guests here with Tim here tonight. We got Marquise Williams from our After Hours show on the weekends here. Random Guy is here as well. A lot of uh, news coming out of that panel that we just had. Tim, it's good to have you back. It's going to be fun tonight. It is. It's always fun when you got the Random Guy. You got Marquise here. You got (laughs) little Timmy Cedor. You know? (laughs) Lots of news going on around the world, and, and I will tell you right now, it's day seven of me getting snowfall at night, so I expect another few inches to clean up in the morning. Uh, yay me. Thank you, Mother Nature. I, I'm not even complaining. Not even complaining, because I would take the snow now rather than the forest fires in the summer. So let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Love yeah. it. Love it. So, Tim, where are you going to starting tonight? I mean, we're, it's been a busy couple of weeks here on on the UFO front. I mean, man, I don't even know where we start. I mean, let's start at the Pentagon, my friend. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's do that exact thing. So um, another great article being brought to us by Christopher Sharp from Liberation Times. And in this, the Pentagon's silence on UFOs threatens to potentially undermine the work of the president. And we're going to just kind of go through this quickly because there are so many topics to cover tonight. And so the article being brought to us by Christopher Sharp. 
Lowe's always has more ways for you to save. On top of our everyday low prices, pros can save big when buying in bulk. Or if your purchase is over $1,500, ask about our volume savings program. A pro associate can provide a customized quote. Ask about our volume savings programs today. It always pays to be a pro at Lowe's. While supplies last, minimum purchase required. Selection varies by location. Lowe's reserves the right to limit quantities. Volume discount pricing quotes are valid up to seven days. Visit your local pro desk to learn more and start saving. Offers subject to change may not be available in all Lowe's stores. Lowe's always has more ways for you to save. On top of our everyday low prices, pros can save big when buying in bulk. Or if your purchase is over $1,500, ask about our volume savings program. A pro associate can provide a customized quote. Ask about our volume savings programs today. It always pays to be a pro at Lowe's. While supplies last, minimum purchase required. Selection varies by location. Lowe's reserves the right to limit quantities. Volume discount pricing quotes are valid up to seven days. Visit your local pro desk to learn more and start saving. Offers subject to change may not be available in all Lowe's stores. From Liberate to confirm the authenticity of the Mosul orb image, despite previously confirming similar released materials, which formed part of a classified briefing. And so former intelligence analyst for the Pentagon spokesperson to maintain her role as the sole authorized public affairs office to respond to UAP related inquiries. It is imperative that she be consistent in her responses. And so what we're seeing is the communications approach taken by the Pentagon has previously been to to the detriment of UAP advocates. And after a huge political and media storm created after the three unidentified objects were shot down, following the incursion of the Chinese balloon, the issue around UAP transparency has been elevated to the highest office in the land, President Joe Biden's office. And so when asked to comment by Liberation Times regarding potential release of imagery showing the recently shot down unknown objects, a DOD spokesperson did suggest footage and imagery could potentially be released in the future, but not at this time. And so the general lack of the transparency regarding the UAP is also causing frustration among politicians, especially Republicans. And so commenting on the general situation regarding the UAP transparency, Jeremy Corbell has come forward and told Liberation Times that the floodgates are now opening and that the ball is now in the DOD's court. And so we expect a lot more information to come forward, but we are seeing that this has been a little bit of a stumbling block for the president. And so we are seeing some issues coming forward. How do you guys feel on that? I guess I'll, 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 I'll kick it off here. I think one of the things that concerns me was how loosely they were throwing around UFOs, UAP. Okay. Uh, you know, to me, and this is just me, and, and our audience can decide what they will, what they want. But to me, this entire event really separated UFOs from UAP. UFOs to me means unidentified flying objects from space or wherever they're coming from with little gray dudes with big black eyes or mantid beings or reptilians or anything that's woo. Whereas I think on a political scale and on a defense scale, I think we really saw, especially with Lou Elizondo's comments that followed, that UAP really does mean unidentified aerial phenomena that is in our sky that most likely is not from another world, another dimension, time travel. No, this is stuff that we do need to be concerned with, which is, you know, North America has never been invaded. 
They've tried. The Japanese tried and failed in 1942. Okay, but we've never been invaded. And to me, the UAP now takes on a real more of a defensive measure of what can we do to make sure that North American airspace is protected. Does any uh, random guy, I mean, you've got military experience. Am I reading that wrong? No, I think I think you're pretty spot on with that. I'm glad I can actually talk tonight. Thanks for having me. Um, no, I think I think you're spot on with that analysis. Yeah, how about you, Marquise? I think I mean I I I think the uh, the fact that the government is officially using the term UFO is probably a red flag as to the uh, like when talking about the objects that they're describing as UFOs or as they were saying unidentified objects. I don't trust that. I don't trust it at all. Um, because there's no way, at least especially given the history of ufology, of the government's um, denial of anything that's anomalous, truly anomalous. I don't think for one. Were you, sorry, random guy. Were you saying something? No, I didn't say anything. Oh, there was some feedback there. I'm sorry, man. Uh, but um, I, I don't think for one second that that, that terminology was used um, uh, unintentionally. I think it was intentionally to kind of group the the things that people have historically known as ufos into things that are now considered benign um so i think it's interesting it's interesting for me how about you tim well i just keep kind of going back to how the media is covering this and for a great example we now see that mick west is actually writing for scientific american And in his article that was just released, it's headlined as Chinese spy balloon saga shows UFOs deserve serious investigations, which is a promising headline. But then you read into the subtext and it says, by shunting public and pilot observations aside, the Pentagon likely fostered a UFO fad and overlooked Chinese intelligence technology entering UFO, I'm sorry, U.S. airspace. And so he's neglecting the whole UFO topic immediately. Mm -hmm. And this is another way to take this topic and highlight the fact for Mick that uh, UFOs are not E.T. Well, I mean, the idea, though, is we still can't deny that there are strange occurrences happening within the world's airspaces. I mean, to say this is all Chinese balloons, look, guys, what I saw in the forest that day that landed and then turned its lights on when I asked it to, as weird as that sounds, I know that wasn't some Chinese spy balloon that just happened to land and then take off from the mountain that I was sitting on on my friend's property. Okay, I mean, there are things that are happening to people. You know, the the sad part about it is how many people are going to be denying the UFO fact or writing it off now as something from China? Thoughts? Let's let's not let's not forget for a second. The government's job is not necessarily to be our friend or to even tell us the truth. <laughs> their job is their job is to keep us safe, and I'm right. saying that tongue in cheek. I mean that is it is seriously, but that they take what I just said that that mantra, if you will. To the extreme, they're not interested in, in you being satisfied with answers. <clears throat> and I'm saying that collectively. I'm not putting that on any one branch or division or administration. Just collectively, the government always is going to think it knows better. Collectively, it thinks as long as we're keeping the people safe, you know, things go on. They eat, they buy their Starbucks, they ride their little treadmills. <laughs> you know, life goes on. But ultimately, we're not going to get 
anything, not an ounce. I I called this dang near two weeks ago. We're not going to get a single ounce of anything out of this. And, and random guy, I will point out too that you were the one who called it first on this show and in many other markets that I've that I've heard of that the president of the United States was going to come on and basically downplay this entire thing in order to help uh, bring the tensions lower as if it is a moot point or a non-issue. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the idea that the next day that meeting happened, you, you said you had heard within a week, okay, that it would happen, but it happened the very next day that after you called <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, that was just great timing on your part, man. It's just it's just part of my overall scam to bring total misinformation to the topic. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think you're trolling you trolling I, people. I, <laughs> the Marquise that I'm a complete fraud. So. Oh, I don't think the exact opposite of that is true. My gosh! No, if I, anybody's a real deal with you, man, that's no, that's it. That's my whole role. Obviously, I'm a <laughs> clown. I'm not a career. Well, technically, I did have a career in the government, but that's not who I am. Like I am the wrong guy. I don't meet the mental attitude. Like you can see your guests, all the, all the ex OSI guys, the AF Aussie guys, all the CIA guys, they're not like me at all because there's just like a different, they're built different. So like I'm an outcast. I I don't make any sense and it's just kind of funny to me and I'm having fun with it. But yeah, I'm generally what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, random guy, there is something that like Louis Lozano gets about the kind of the same kind of flack that you 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 seem to be get you get you talk about, right? Where because he was counterintelligence, because he worked for the intelligence community, his position makes him look bad. Um the Richard Doty, for example, was also he was he was actually used for specifically to disin for disinformation. So when you have someone like Louis Lozando, who is a counterintelligence agent as well, but not the same as Richard Doty, there's still a stigma attached to that. It doesn't matter. People still see him as a bad actor. And so when you're, I, I can see how there's again, a relation to those people while well, Luis Lozano for specifically having that backlash for what he did before when he was in the government. And now you have these, this backlash because of your, you wanting to stay anonymous. Well, look what they've done to Luis Lozano. Why would anyone want to come forward when people like him, even people like him are being, you know, treated terribly. So. Yeah, of course. And and the other thing is, I'm not coming forward with bombshell information, right? I'm not here telling you guys, oh, right. my God, I'm exposing, I'm whistleblowing. It's not about me. I'm literally just here, more or less, as a favor to Dave, because he's like, dude, you know a lot of stuff. Is there a way you can, like, articulate this to people? And so I was a little bit surprised that I was met with skepticism, because my entire goal here is just to educate people, enlighten, try to, like, make push the subject forward instead of sitting here spinning in a circle, chasing our tails of BS more or less, that's my entire role here. So it's not about me. I don't have a channel. I'm not selling anything. I'm not coming forward with some crazy information. Just trying to help out. Well, we appreciate that help. We do. For sure. Yeah, man. It's nice to know you. It's nice. It's a pleasure to know you. So, but the idea behind everything here, Tim, as we got about three minutes to go, uh, you know, where does the public take this? You know, for years, the public has, along with the mainstream media, has really downplayed this entire subject as t- the tinfoil hat club. And now, all of a sudden, 
we're talking UFOs, it's become a mainstream byproduct of what has happened the last couple of weeks. Do you see that dying down, Tim, or do you do you think that we're going to start seeing uh, things stay right where they are and more people becoming more informed? Yeah, absolutely. This is an increase of interest. I mean, all podcasts on this topic are having an increase in watchship. And um, we're seeing the topic in headlines. And you know that whenever it's in a headline, those papers sell, right? And so this topic isn't going anywhere soon. And it's simply because it sells. And I hate saying that, but that's the fact. Now, is there also a lot of truth to what's going on? Yeah, there's some interesting things going on in our skies. Is it actually alien? No, it's probably not. So for us, am I super interested? Mm, no, not for the right, you know, not for those reasons. I'm interested because it's UFOs in the headlines. Great. And the topic is being moved forward. We definitely need to be aware of our airspace. So, yeah, I think that, you know, until they get a handle on how they're going to take care of the things that they don't know about, all the clutter, all the debris, all the stuff that isn't alien, right, until they figure out how to handle that, um, you know, we're still going to see this water muddied by UAP, UFO, and it's going to look crazy until they figure out how they're going to deal with it. It was exactly like what you guys have been saying all night. It's hitting them without their cards stacked. I have a question, Dave. Yeah, go right ahead. I'm a, if I'm not supposed to talk about this, please just give me the you know give me the signal here. But um, NORAD and the United States Air Force, can I talk about them, or is that like a, a hot topic kind of thing you shouldn't talk about here? You got sixty seconds. Um, I just want to ask a positive question real quick. Why is it, it's? I think it's important to to recognize that Ross Coldhart mentioned that Air, the Air Force and NORAD have been keeping things from the White House. And if we can expand on that later on, but I think it's really interesting. And I think that's something that hasn't been talked about a lot. Um, mostly because it can't be, it can't be verified yet. But I find the the big interest is that up until this point, the U S air force has been silent on this subject, just like you said, yet they're four and oh in the shoot downs. Yeah. And the Navy oh, hasn't yeah. been called yeah. for one single shoot down yet. Then again, there hasn't really been one of these incidents that occurs, except maybe the first one that could be, uh, pushed over to the Navy. But the F-22 in, in South Carolina yeah. on the coast, Alaska has Elmendorf Air Force Base. The, you know, the Yukon one was another F-22 that was brought on by Canada, uh, which I found funny that uh, an American um, broadcaster said that uh, the Yukon was in the States and <laughs> then the one at Lake Huron. So no respect for Canada. No respect whatsoever. <laughs> Little Timmy Senor, random guy. Marquise, hold on one second. We're going to get to the second part of the UFO report when we return on Spaced Out Radio. When we come back, MUFON makes a statement about President Biden. Chinese spy balloon saga continues. This is what we'll get into when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. All right, we're clear. Okay, not everybody all at once. <laughs> oh, what? Well, well, yeah. I, I was, I, I wasn't sure if that was a hot topic to talk about the United States Air Force and how they were, they are literally keeping information from the White House, and that's why Biden 
created that new this new department because of that. Somebody from the Navy, this is according to Ross Coulthard's reporting, went to the, the Biden White House and said, hey, man, they're keeping stuff from us and from you. And Biden was pissed about it. And so that's why that new office is created because well, there, of the Air Force. There's a little bit more to that, I think, than meets the eye. I don't think that's so. Uh, but then we're going to go down the route of bi- bipartisan and partisan politics. So but yeah, there's there's definitely things that go on within different commands based on loyalties to political structures and stuff like that. I'm not saying that's 100 percent what this is, but I suspect hmm. what you're talking about. I- could be related to that. I'm curious as to why the Air Force has been the center, the epicenter of the cover-up since since the since Blue Book. I mean, they're literally the they're the ones who started this whole thing, the whole thing of keeping the truth from the American people, from the world. They're the ones that have been covering all these things up. They are literally the center of all of it. And NORAD, the idea that NORAD adjusted their sensors and now they're just so happen to be catching all these new objects, it's ridiculous. They've been catching these objects for, for literally for decades, for over half a century. It's not like they're just now discovering it. I think a lot of it has to do with incompetence, especially with these new objects. Like Stephen was saying, what the panel was talking about before, a lot of what happened with why they were, oh, by the way, this is happening and we're, we're going to protect America. And that's why we're just now seeing it. That's incompetence. Something happened. Somebody messed up. And, th- and that's why or many people messed up. And that's why they have to tell the American people about these four objects, the balloon and the three objects they had to shoot down. That's all yeah. it's about. It's just about covering CYA. For sure. CYA for thing. Sure. I also know this will piss Dave off, but NATO kind of works like the U.N. works. The United States funds it and we back it up, but then other people just try to ruin it the whole time we'll, instead of getting out of our way. So we let other countries pretend like they're in charge of things and then you can get mixed signals and things get messed up. But 2-0, and o, right, Dave? 2-0, buddy. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah. Stephen Bassett said something interesting. It might be anti-graphitic technology with the Octagon 1 that's actually Chinese or foreign technology. It could have been because it didn't move, but it was anomalous. It, it, the structure was strange. It was metallic. It was floating. No visible means of propulsion, but clearly not alien because if it was, it would have disappeared. They would have never been able to catch it. So the idea that it might be possibly be Chinese drone or Chinese uh, anti-gravitic technology, I would be open to it. I don't know, but I'd be open to that possibility. Are you talking about the Alaska one? The one that was uh, the octagon one that had the strings hanging down from it. I'm not oh, sure okay. which there's. Um, I think it was a Yukon or maybe it was but strings. Hanging no, down, man. that just sounds yeah, like, calm. that sounds like that was odd. it's odd, but it didn't have any way of, of flotation and of a flight or flotation. And it was metallic in nature and octagon shaped. Well, but so those metallic, are really weird. Have you ever seen a Mylar balloon with the sun reflecting off of it? <laughs> it can look, it can give a look. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And they, they since they won't release the gun cam footage, yeah. how are we going to know? You know, we'll never we just grasping its straws. Like, hey, guys, just just kidding. We're going to show you the Kennedy assassination because that's easier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we <laughs> you know, know who killed Kennedy for real. Just stop looking at the, stop looking at Montana. We got you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Well, they believe uh, <laughs> there are many who believe that the one balloon that was shot down through all of this did come from an Illinois balloon club. That's what he so he's been saying that he lost his balloon and he's concerned that that might have been the balloon that he lost. But that's I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like if that were the if that were the case, then, man, they are really they're really messing up. (laughs) They're they're wasting millions of dollars on civilian, you know, 
just balloons? Come on, man. Come on, man. If that's well, the, the case, hobby balloon, been... the hobby balloon would have been ten feet, right? The size you're of about right? a regular. You're talking about a twenty dollar yeah. hobby balloon, right? Yeah, they're not that expensive. I think the most expensive one was like one hundred fifty bucks. You Dude, those one things for. are like ten feet tall. That's a huge difference between what we've been talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and you and a real pilot. There's no way. I'm not gonna say no way because we live in a crazy world, but it would be <laughs> so hard for me to believe that a professional fighter pilot would buzz by that thing and be like, "Tango one." I don't know what that is. Yeah, Tango and one. It, was, well, it looks like first, uh, we need to engage. Like, what the, the hell? Like, the what's one of them. On? The one was car size. The other one was a cylinder shape, and then the octagon one. None of those are are characteristic of anything that we are that's commercial. What is cylinder shape? That's a balloon. Give me, we got 15 seconds, guys. Hold on. Thank you to well, Bob, you- Louie, Lara, uh, Lala, Vaughn, Patrick, Derek, Greg, Red Panda, Carl, and Deb for the super chats. We absolutely love the support. Thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs up. Here we go. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the UFO report. Little Timmy Senor is here. We have Random Guy and Marquise Williams as special guests. Now, Tim, apparently MUFON uh, is uh, concerned about what President Biden had to say about UFOs. What's going on here? MUFON has been coming out recently with statements on everything that's going on with this topic. And so recently we did get a new statement from them just a couple of days ago. uh, And they are dedicating themselves to stay on topic. And so it looks like they came out with this statement concerning uh, President Biden's remarks on the recent flying objects. And in this statement, I'll just go ahead and quote. MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, has dedicated to the scientific study of UFOs and UAP in order to benefit humanity. Lowe's always has more ways for you to save. On top of our everyday low prices, pros can save big when buying in bulk. Or if your purchase is over $1,500, ask about our volume savings program. A pro associate can provide a customized quote. Ask about our volume savings programs today. It always pays to be a pro at Lowe's. While supplies last, minimum purchase required. Selection varies by location. Lowe's reserves the right to limit quantities. Volume discount pricing quotes are valid up to seven days. Visit your local pro desk to learn more and start saving. Offers subject to change may not be available in all Lowe's stores. As the largest serving organization of its kind, having been in existence since 1969, MUFON has collected critical data that can be used to learn more about the recent high-altitude objects that were shot down at the beginning of February. MUFON's body of over 6,000 members in 48 states have documented and observed the same unidentified aerial phenomenon over several years that President Biden had referenced today. 
And so we concur that these specific UAP are not extraterrestrial and are likely man-made. As the latest and largest database in the world for UAP sightings, we have the capability to provide the president and his administration with the reporting it needs to make better informed decisions about what's in our skies. Today, MUFON released a report to members of Congress and their staff that references similar sightings over the last few years. Our members have witnessed hexagonal-shaped objects that look exactly like what was witnessed over Lake Huron on February 13th of 2023, over Louisville, Kentucky in 2022, Alberta, Canada in 2021, and Northern Hollywood, California in 2016. And we will continue to advise Congress on UAP matters and are available for immediate comment. What does this sound like to you guys? Well, to me, it, it sounds like, you know, MUFON is finally starting to get the point that they need to be responding to some of these uh, these reports that are out there. I mean, how many times have we talked about the idea, Tim, that MUFON's been silent for 10 years on this subject? And finally, they're waking up to the fact that they need to start talking about this, getting their name more out in the public. I think that's healthy. I really do think that's healthy. They should be doing that. I'm happy to see it, you know, but is it too little too late? I don't think it is on my end, but it is good to see. Marquise? I agree. I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, the fact that MUFON is responding to media, the, to, to this, you know, this national media um, debacle kind of thing, I think that's freaking awesome, man. I think that's a step forward, a big step forward. I hope regardless of what they didn't respond to before, what I hope for is that they continue to respond in the future. Just to Dave's point, like this is an opportunity for them to really step forward and be a part of the, the voice of the people. We are, we're doing this thing here. You guys have been doing it forever. I'm new to it. There are plenty of people that have been doing it for decades. MUFON is MUFON. It's MUFON. It's, I hope that they take the power that they have within, you know, with this subject and use it for, for, for what they say they're, they're, um, their goal is, and that's to help the help humanity, and that's by responding to these people, to to the media, and to whatever the heck's going on out there. That's you know, that's confusing to most of us, but to them, they've seen this before, objects like this before. Sorry. No, and I agree with you on that. And I think what they need to do is they need to start really creating a media press release yeah. that really yeah. stirs. Up, that every time there's a comment that comes out about UFOs, MUFON should be responding. That's what strong press divisions do. And I don't think they've had that in the past. You know, it's the same thing I've said with Galileo Project. It's the same thing I've said with the SCU. And, you know, a weak press person or people putting people in a position like that who have no clue about what they are doing, but they just want a title is is a is a real contradiction of terms when you're playing with the media. And if it gets the media talking about it and MUFON can keep that that conversation going, I think that's healthy. Random guy, do you have any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate for you. What what if MUFON's afraid of losing relevance? They didn't say anything for ten years and now all this funding's on the table and they gotta make a move to secure their funds and secure their position. Again, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but right, right. You, you don't a say a question. word, and uh, you don't say a word till you're getting out reported by every YouTube channel 
you know, pointed at the sky. And now you want to come out with statements and act like you're proponents of the people. You got to prove it consistently, even not just when it's not, when it's convenient for you, or you've analyzed the the beginning, the middle, and the end of the, of the incidents. Which now we are clearly at the end of those incidents. They wanted to see the whole thing, package their statement, secure funding, say, yes, we're still here. We're still move on. We're doing, we're doing, we're relevant. Thanks guys. Now keep doing that and do it in the beginning next time and, and come out and ask questions on behalf of the people. If that's what your mission is, that's my opinion. And I think that's very relevant. That's exactly what I know I have been saying for years about MUFON is what is your role? What is your purpose? If you're collecting data and you're allowing everybody who who pays into it to to uh, see your data, whether that's government officials or or the Joe and Jill public, okay, what are you doing with it? See, for years, MUFON used to have this attitude where if we don't talk about it, it never happened. It, they did that with the Robert Bigelow incident. They did that with John Ventry's uh, horrid racial comments a few years ago. They also did it when uh, Jan Harzan, their former executive director, was arrested for allegedly trying to pick up a teenage girl in California. They never, they never dealt with it. And that's kind of been MUFON's trend. Even through the first five years of the To the Stars Academy, and this topic coming forward, they didn't say anything. But I think now, because they have upset maybe some of their own people with knowing that they now have lobbyists going into government, that some of their own people are saying, hey, 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 what are we doing here? Are we supposed to be the voice of the people, or are we supposed to be the voice of MUFON? And I think right. that's maybe starting to to crack that bottle open a little bit. Let's go to another topic here, guys. As, Tim, you are uh, really wanting to stick along this Chinese balloon thing because, well, let's face it, it's working for you. It's absolutely <laughs> working for you. But let's talk about Arrow interviewing UFOs and nukes wit witnesses. What's this all about? Right. That's good stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Indeed, so you you skipped one on me, but that is cool. Let's let's skip. Um, so that's right. So on January third, um, this information became uh, apparent that uh, someone was contacted by Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of uh, the new UFO investigations group Arrow, and he was uh, recently being mandated by Congress, right? And so an investigator on Capitol Hill who uh, we can't identify but is uh, the writer of this article and a part of the information I'm giving you here, uh, brought it to Kirkpatrick's attention, noting its examination of more than 100 UFO incursions at nuclear weapons sites during the Cold War era and beyond. And as reported by the military veterans who had witnessed the incidents. And so um, there were... 167 veterans that were interviewed regarding their experiences. And Kirkpatrick was asked whether he would be able to contact the individuals and they were agreed that he would be able to. And so they spent time reaching out to all of those individuals. And it looks like telephone cons conferences subsequently were arranged uh, for uh, throughout the month of January between Kirkpatrick and a few Aero staffers, the congressional investigator, and perhaps this person who is being represented as someone in the media. 
And so um, these were an attempt at transparency as the witnesses were giving uh, their categorization of events. Um, at that point, they were asked to prioritize the witnesses in terms of their importance. And Kurt Patrick explained that his, his group had already been contacted by many veterans who wished to testify regarding other types of UFO-related events, and that it would be a while before Arrow could even interview all of the 11 recommended uh, to their Arrow staffers. So in response, what he's finding is that they're getting inundated with potential witness reports and Kirkpatrick's staff first contacts um, all of the uh, individuals in order of importance. So, for example, Officer Bob Salas, uh, he was one of the first witnesses that we are being told now that was um, one of the witnesses that came forward. And he discusses the underground launch control center beneath uh, the LCF controlled 10 minute man, one missile site that he was in charge of. And so that is just one of the reports that, um, that is going to be discussed publicly at some point. Um, but the second former USAF officer who was recommended to arrow as high priority was, uh, Dr. Bob Jacobs, who was involved in an amazing incident at Vandenberg air force base in California in September 64. And uh, so Jacobs had photographic instrumentation off and he was the, I'm sorry, he was the photographic instrumentation officer in charge of a telescopic camera team. And so he was filming missile test launches at the base and he was uh, pervy uh, he, and savvy to uh, firsthand witness of some of the footage that was taken at Vandenberg of some pretty incredible UFO footage that they purportedly captured on film. And so this is going on and they're talking further about getting all of these witnesses out in a um, matter of time that's going to be relevant and help Congress to get some decision making in these advocacies. You know what I find very interesting about this is a lot of these reports, how are they, and maybe it's just me trying to make two plus two equal four, okay, but how do they not know about all of these incidents? How do they say that we have to interview all of these people? We have to we have to take time and we have to do reports on all of these these incidents. Damn it, what were you doing in the 1960s when these UFOs were turning nuclear weaponry on and off and, and playing with launch codes, according to Roger Salas? Right, but consider that this is being entered into Congress. So, but, the, but, but it should—it's the well, same BS as yeah. NASA. It's the same BS with NASA saying, "Oh, we don't know what's going on around here. We don't know that our astronauts have been talking about seeing UFOs on the moon and seeing UFOs follow every rocket." Boy, to me, it's everybody playing stupid on this topic. This is what gets me mad. This is what gets me pissed off for the public who just wants to know. Okay? okay. Random guy, what's your thoughts? No, I, I, I like the fire. I think I'm a, I'm a firm believer. You know, 
I don't have anything tangible to bring to the table. I've made it very clear on my experiences. Uh, most of the things that I've seen that look alien are not, in fact, alien in my life. Um, and I know that for a fact. However, most of the most authentic experiences have happened in the past, whether it be the 60s, 70s, 80s. I feel like, unfortunately, I, I there, there's no way that every single one of these can be discounted. There's got to be some small percentage that are beyond explanation. That, that It's got to be the real deal or something like beyond whatever I can possibly comprehend. I don't know what the answer is. I feel, unfortunately, though, that you look at these cases, they are from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Once we get into the 2000s, it's almost like we've mastered the art of the cover-up. They've mastered muting the incidents. And that's unfortunate because I feel like the time, the time distance now, you know, people are passing away. Things are facts get skewed. Evidence disappears. And I feel like the goal is in fact to stretch this out until there's no way of having disclosure. That's that's my honest opinion, even if it's out there. How about you, Marquise? I think, Dave, what you said is is perfect because the the idea that the government or the intelligence community doesn't know about <laughs> Malmstrom Air Force Base and you know all these other the, there's a whole book called UFOs and Nukes um, that describe that in detail um, gives very accurate accounts of UFOs and being and engaging with our military and around our military bases and specifically around nuclear technology over the decades um, since the, since um, tr the Trinity case, which has been a huge deal um, that Jacques Vallée has covered. The idea that the, that somebody doesn't know about this is a joke. 2001 Stephen Greer with the disclosure project went to the national press club, brought all those expert witnesses, the people that were in the military, they were willing to put their DD two fourteens up for to testify in, in in court um and if they're lying by the way they can go to prison for that um so they're willing to risk their life their freedom to talk about their experience with ufos with them shooting shutting off nukes with the with the with people coming in in suits saying hey all this data we're going to take it don't say anything else about this with the threats that they were given by these suits that they don't know who they can they don't, there's no recognition of where they came from um in 2005, they spoke to, again, Stephen Greer and the Disclosure Project talked to ex-members of Congress where they gave all this data of all these different accounts with engagements with everything from UFOs to, to actual beings, like non-human intelligences that have been worked with underground. Now, these are some salacious claims, but these people were put their DD-214s up twice, once in, the, in front of the public twice in front of the public and the and ex-members of Congress because current members of Congress thought the topic was too hot. Now, all of a sudden, it's a big deal. Now they want to use this topic for their political gain. I, I, I'm glad that they're talking about it. But at the same time, the idea that it's never been a thing is BS and it's frustrating, especially for somebody who's like, again, I, I feel you, Dave. I feel you. Well, let's also remember that the the hearings that were in 1992 or 2001, whatever they were, by Stephen Greer. I mean, they they weren't real hearings; they were mock hearings, mock hearings yeah. of what was going on. So, somebody threatening their DD-214, which, for those who don't know, is a military discharge paper. Uh, thank you, random guy in the chat room, for that. Okay, it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter. I mean, because push comes to shove, who's to say that these people would actually do it for the real cause? Okay, but the idea that a lot of this stuff has been buried for decades and that they don't know about it or there is no record of it, or now you're going to, to like Robert Salas, he's an old man, no offense, he's aged. He's in his late 70s, early 80s. Okay, how many more people like that have died off from that era that weren't interviewed or have been interviewed, but their paperwork right. is wherever it may be? And if you're saying to me that the CIA or the Air Force or the intelligence community doesn't have a channel of records down some secret dim hallway anywhere in the United States over every incident that has happened, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. And I think it's a waste of taxpayer dollars to try and say, this is all new to us. See, that's what bugs me about this whole thing. And if anybody wants to respond, we've got two minutes. Is why are we acting like this is all new phenomena? It's not. I'll, I'll jump in real quick. And, and I know, Marquise, you were in 11 Bravo. You're very familiar with the yeah. term the dog and pony show. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah. in the military, we do a lot of dog and pony shows. Yeah. And yeah. We, we pull up and we put on, we all know what it is. We all know our job. But when the brass is coming, the media is coming, when we're going to be under a microscope, we do the dog and pony show. Oh, yeah. That's where we pull up shiny and, and march to the orders and we go through the motions. I think a lot of these inquisitions, it's just the dog and pony show. You would think. it's Tim, your call. Oh, no. Um, I, I'm just enjoying listening to you guys. I do have something that I wanted to add, but we can do it in after hours. Um, JL and Heineck had something really interesting to say on this. Um, when he was asked to report to Colonel Raymond S. Sleeper on his opinion, and this was back in 1968, he was asked to report on the situation of Blue Book. And he says, Blue Book has been charged with two missions by the AFR, both I'm sorry, Ostis. I don't even know what this is the same, both equally uh, hard since the regulations do not specify otherwise. And they are one to determine if the UFO is a possible threat to the United States and two to use the scientific or technical data gained from the UFO study of the reports. And neither of of these two missions is being adequately executed. And this was, um, a report that Alan Hynek had to report to Colonel Raymond S. Sleeper, who, by the way, was the chief of foreign division of AFSC back then. And he was basically the guy that was dealing with the Soviets and figuring out what to do about them at the time and um, doing Soviet applications and analysis techniques and things like that. And so that is how Heineck was forced to report even back then. And it's the same exact thing that we're seeing now in our reports and the people that are being forced to report on this topic. And on that note, we're going to wrap it all up tonight. Thank you, Random Guy and Marquise, for joining little Timmy Senor and I on the UFO report and our great panel of guests that we had from around the UFO community speaking about UFOs, balloons, and everything we need to know. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up. 
for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friend, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Rex said, random guy. Good night. Lowe's always has more ways for you to save. On top of our everyday low prices, pros can save big when buying in bulk. Or if your purchase is over $1,500, ask about our volume savings program. A pro associate can provide a customized quote. Ask about our volume savings programs today. It always pays to be a pro at Lowe's. While supplies last, minimum purchase required. Selection varies by location. Lowe's reserves the right to limit quantities. Volume discount pricing quotes are valid up to seven days. Visit your local pro desk to learn more and start saving. Offers subject to change may not be available in all Lowe's stores. Lowe's always has more ways for you to save. On top of our everyday low prices, pros can save big when buying in bulk. Or if your purchase is over $1,500, ask about our volume savings program. A pro associate can provide a customized quote. Ask about our volume savings programs today. It always pays to be a pro at Lowe's. While supplies last, minimum purchase required. Selection varies by location. Lowe's reserves the right to limit quantities. Volume discount pricing quotes are valid up to seven days. Visit your local pro desk to learn more and start saving. Offers subject to change may not be available in all Lowe's stores.